For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but here comes a pizza. See it? This is our fucking city. And nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. And there is only one thing that I want to talk about to start this fucking podcast. And Let's that go. is Masataka Yoshida hitting no one but two home runs in the same fucking inning. He didn't just drive in one run. It wasn't two runs. It wasn't three runs. It wasn't four runs. One more time. Again. It wasn't even five runs, Tyler. It was six fucking runs. In the series finale, the second series in a row that the Red Sox have taken from a first place team. Back-to-back series dubs against first-place teams, and this one was on the back of Masataka. One more time. Please. On the back of Masataka Yoshida in the eighth inning. Justin Turner, game-tying home run. Masataka Yoshida, go-ahead home run. And then he gets another at-bat later in the inning. What does he do, Tyler? Second deck Grand Slam. Second deck Grand Slam. And the Red Sox win the series. The Red Sox win the series. My new favorite thing on the Section 10 Reddit is people coming in there with bad takes and just getting smoked by everyone in the comments. There was one recently being like, I don't, I'm, I'm over the positivity horn. And I was just like, what are you talking about, dude? What are you talking about? This team got shit on all offseason long, and they keep winning baseball games. They have a winning record. They have a winning record. They keep winning series, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Are they tied with the Yankees right now? No, they are not. Are you sure about that? They lost today. I'm pretty sure. I did Hold see on. that. No, they're not. I wish. No, they're not. They're not. We're a game and a half back. Game and a half back. Game and a half back. Over 500. Over 500. Three straight series wins. Yep. Rays and Pirates. Best teams in baseball. Yeah. Let, let's grow up. Let's be real. Yeah, let's be real about that. Can we be adults? Yeah, sure. Why not? Look I around. Mean, only, only two victories separate the Boston Red Sox from the second place Baltimore Orioles. 
um, who the Red Sox have next. Uh, they've already played them, already taken a series from them. That stop and shop look ahead. Uh, that's going to be an interesting conversation because the Orioles just swept their series over the weekend, but did not score a ton of runs. I'm not. I'm not shaking in my boots about these second place Baltimore Orioles that you've already taken a series hey, from. Congrats, we swept the Tigers. We know what that's like. We've done yeah, that. That's easy. Business that's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. Did you sweep the Brewers, that. or did you take two out of three from the Brewers? Yeah, first place team. First place team. Hmm. I don't think you did. Don't think you did. But wow, today felt good. Today felt real good. And uh, obviously, I would like to start with Caleb Ort. Don't fuck. Don't fucking do this. Let me enjoy today. What do you mean? He shit his pants out there. Did he? Jake. Who was the winning pitcher in the series finale when the Red Sox took two out of three from the Milwaukee Brewers? Jake, I swear to God. That would be Caleb Ort. Caleb Ort! Fucking spare me, dude. It was Caleb Ort. This is why pitcher wins mean nothing. Caleb Ort is the poster child. Why you should never look at pitcher wins and give a fuck. He is that guy. The poster, he is the face. You so stupid right now. You were were terrified. See, Jared's going to act like he wasn't. Today, look around. Go on the timeline. They won the game by seven runs. Jared, Jared, can you let me me say this? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. All I know is throughout the season, anytime I've seen Caleb Orr enter a game, mm-hmm. I've seen a tweet from you. I've seen a, oh, entering the uh, chamber, orchard, whatever you say. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know how like you phrase that. it. I don't you sound exactly that. like that. Actually. No, I don't. I don't. Oh, my impression's nails. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't see that tweet today. And that could tell me you were like, oh, Caleb no, Orr in the no. seventh inning. Yikes. I was debating whether or not to say this because I wasn't sure. Like, how jinxes and curses and and all that work, um, but I I'll just say it. Every time that Caleb Ort has had a dominating outing, it's because I've tweeted hashtag support before he came in. If I don't get it in time, that's when he hasn't pitched well. Every time, I swear to God, every time. So you're falling on the sword here. You're not blaming Caleb Ort. You're blaming no. yourself. Yes. So grow up. I'm dead serious. There was a ton of action. There was no, there was not a ton of action in like the fifth, sixth, whatever. So I was like, I, I kind of want to jump in the shower before the game's over. And uh, humble brag, I just put a 65 inch TV in my bathroom. Um, nice. So I was like, all right, I'll put the game on the TV and I'll get in the shower. And I get in the shower and Kale Bort, I don't want to call it a meltdown. It wasn't that bad. Wasn't good, but wasn't a meltdown. He didn't let the game get away from him. Um, wild pitch. It happens when you throw a hundred. Like that's just the cost of throwing a hundred. He was throwing a lot of balls in this outing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was because I didn't tweet hashtag support before he came in. So I am taking responsibility for this. It's not Caleb Ward's fault. Uh, but then I'm like, I'm in the shower, and I'm you know I'm washing my hair, doing scrubbing down my Greek God body and Justin Turner hits a home run. So I've got to jump out of the shower and tweet the clip. I've been there. Then I get back in the shower then fucking Masataki Yoshida hits a home run. Now I got to jump back out of the shower. There's fucking soap everywhere. I tweet that clip and I'm like, please, please stop. And then Connor Wong uh, with the two run knock there. I was like, all right, I don't, I don't need to tweet that highlight. I would have if it was to like tie it or to go ahead, but there were a couple insurance runs. 
Um, <clears throat> but then thankfully I get out in time to see the second deck grand slam from Masataki Yoshida. And when I tell you that I was ass naked for that grand slam. Wow. Fully not a thing, not a thing ass naked, soaking wet for that grand slam, just screaming in my bathroom, just balls flopping everywhere. And what a moment that was. It was, I, I don't know why my neighbors didn't call the police. I guess that was the true test of, you know, can my neighbors hear me if I'm screaming in my house because Masataki Yoshida hit a grand slam? The answer is no. The answer is either no or they don't care. Now, usually I'm not one to enable your behavior, but we were watching history. We were watching something that has not happened in 15 years. In 2008, I was in elementary school. David Ortiz? David Ortiz that was the last one to do it in 08 against the Rangers. Before that was Nomar, 02 against the Rays, and Ellis Burks in 1990 against the Indians at the time. What, two home runs in the same inning? Two home runs in the same inning. Mm. <laughs> that, like, that's how big that moment was there. Like, we were just going nuts off the game alone to be able to take two out of three from a first place team, yeah. especially when... I think if we're all being realistic. When Caleb Orr started melting down, it felt like, all right, this is going to go the other way today. And it's going to suck because you had another chance to take two out of three. The game the night before felt winnable. But that's what kind of plays out in front of you. You have Masataka Yoshida's coming out party. I think Merloni was the one who tweeted it. That game just saved Yoshida's April. Like his whole <laughs> April now is like, all right, yeah, a guy who's adjusting, you'll take that as he mm-hmm. figures it out. He showed you the power. This felt like the day that you kind of put the cherry on top or you put that bow on of the Red Sox culture of fighting back. That game felt like the perfect representation of their identity and how they're going to be all season long. I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. Like I I feel bad. Justin Turner's Homer gets a little overshadowed in all this, like to go out there. First guy who steps to the plate takes care of business following Caleb Ort. Like, talk about just punching back immediately, especially after yesterday, you know, just missed the game tying home run. 25 out of 30 ballparks it's gone. Today, he goes, you know what? I'll put the couple extra feet on it. Enjoy the homer tie game. The whole team sparks. I'm going to ask you a very obvious question, but don't answer it until I'm done with this. Okay. Yes or no? Did the Red Sox win that game last year? This MLB season, you can turn every Red Sox win into a win with Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Join me in our efforts to strike out cancer by pledging a donation to the Jimmy Fund for each Red Sox win this year. Sign up today and DraftKings will match each donation up to $25,000 total. Every dollar makes a difference in the lives of cancer patients and their families in Boston and around the world. Visit pledgeit.org slash Jimmy Fund to make your pledge today. That is pledgeit.org slash Jimmy Fund Together, we're all Jimmy. Uh, I don't know if you noticed this during the game broadcasts. I got a fucking Blue Moon commercial. <laughs> I did see that. I was like, oh, hi, Jared. See that? See that? Jake, you see that? I know you saw it, Jake. Yeah, I don't miss any Blue Moon commercials. <laughs> I know you don't. <laughs> I know you don't. Yeah. Got myself a little Blue Moon commercial. 
Are we going to get to the point where every commercial in between, you know, innings is Jared Carabas? Are we going to get the Nesson 360? We're going to get the Blue Moon. What's next? Uh, I mean, I, I've done DraftKings commercials. I've done Nesson 360 commercials. Now I'm doing Blue Moon commercials. Baby, I'll do it all. You tell me, you tell me what you want to move and we'll move it. You know? That's what so we I'm, do. That's what I'm, so I'm excited about it. Um, but I'm, I'm more excited about taking back-to-back series against legit teams. Like, no one's sitting here saying soft schedule or, you know, lucky break or whatever. We're getting, we're, a, we're what, we're a week away from finishing off the month of April so we can have, like, a nice chunk of, of a season, one month, one month down. Uh, not, not like a stop-and-shop, look-ahead type deal. But just to take a look at the remaining schedule, to, to round out the month. And again, I, I know I mentioned August on previous podcasts. I'm not trying to get too far ahead here. Um, but you just finished off the Brewers. You're in Baltimore for three. You're off on Thursday. And then the Guardians come to town that last weekend of the month. So you've only got the Orioles and Guardians left. Uh, and then you kick off the month of May with four against the Toronto Blue Jays. So, I mean, it's like you're not, it's, there's nothing soft about the Red Sox schedule. I mean, they fucking, they, they went four against the Tampa Bay Rays. We know how that went. The Angels are, I mean, they're respectable. Did they win? Did, they didn't win their series against the Yankees, but like, I think they won a game and like they made the last one interesting. The Angels are. Yeah, fun. exactly. Um, Twins were a first place team. Brewers were a first place team. The Orioles are a second place team, and then the guards, where they must be in first place, right? Yeah. No, no. they're actually still in second place. They're 11 11. Yeah, they're, they're game out. They're game out of first place from those Minnesota Twins. Uh, Jared, um, I know you're looking at these standings. Do you see what I'm seeing here? Um, where we Red Sox would be in second place in the AL Central, and they'd be basically tied for second in the AL West, waiting to see if the Astros lose their next game or not. The Boston Red Sox have a better run differential than the Toronto Blue Jays. Hmm. Yeah. They have a better run differential than the Toronto Blue Jays. They're right up the ass of the Minnesota Twins. Like, I'm not saying that they're, it's, in a, it's an elite run differential by any means, but. The Blue Jays just gave the Yankees their first series loss of the season. I saw that. That was unfortunate what happened there today. Almost felt bad. Yeah. Yeah, Vladdy hit another one. 84 down the dick. Again. Both pitches were 84 down the dick that he homered. Both of them. You got to switch up that that strategy. It's not working. Corey Kluber's strategy. Yeah, it is not working. If if the I'm not, I I'm not like a guy that likes to advocate for players losing their jobs or anyone losing their job really. But this team would look a lot different slash better if Corey Kluber never happened. Like, let's just say, let's not say, oh, I hope he loses his job. Let's just say in an alternate universe, he signed with the Rays. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and the Red Sox have that extra 10 million to kind of mess around with. And yeah, who knows what that is, right? Yeah. who Maybe like put it to good use. Uh, because. The other thing, too, right now, the Red Sox are going with a six-man rotation. And 
Tanner Houck stands to be the odd man out, but he's probably been one of their best, if not their best starter. Is that fair or unfair? Yeah, he's right up there. He's probably been, I'd say, the most consistent guy so far, which in a year where everyone's so far kind of been up and down for you, Uh you appreciate that. And, you know, going seven innings and three runs the other day, I think Houck's changed the conversation. We did it on Baseball Hour on Friday, you know, just arguing, like, if you're a proponent for Garrett Whitlock in a lot of ways in a bridge year, doesn't Tanner Houck get that same kind of... You'd, you'd almost be... What's the word? Not a fraud, but you'd be contradicting yourself to say, well, look, Tanner Houck's showing you something. Doesn't he deserve a chance to run away with it and see if he can be a starter just like you're giving Whitlock the benefit of the doubt? Well, I, I guess my question is, if it's not Tanner Houck, who is? Is Cutter Crawford your best starter? I mean, he's only started two games, so I don't even know that I would put him in the conversation. Right now, Tanner Houck has the best ERA in the Red Sox rotation at 429 because Cutter Crawford has appeared in five games. Only two of them starts, although I'll give him three because one of his relief appearances was six and a third innings. Uh, And he's got he's the only pitcher uh, out of the quote unquote Red Sox starters. Like I'm including Bayo, Kluber, Sale, Whitlock, Pavetta, Howe Crawford. He's the only guy with a whip under one. Um, the strikeouts per nine, very comparable to Hauk. 9.43 for Hauk, 9.30 for Crawford. Uh, Pavetta is the only guy that's over 10. Uh, that, that's not, that can't be right. Chris Sale's strikeouts per nine is 15. Oh, dude, he, that, that's the thing. Even when he was bad, he was missing bats. That's why the stuff was there. <laughs> that's crazy. Chris Sale, Chris Sale's thrown 18 innings, given up 21 hits. 16 earned runs, but he's struck out 30 batters. His strikeouts for nine is 15. Okay. And there's still and gold on that page. Am I wrong? I'm not looking at baseball reference. Excuse me. Uh, the Garrett Whitlock and Tanner Houck are the only starters who have averaged more than five innings per start, but barely five and a third for both. Pavetta is averaging five innings per start. For Tyler, the FIP, the FIP, Cutter Crawford, 390, Tanner Houck, 402. And then it doesn't get pretty after that. Like it's 494 for Pavetta, 539 for Sale, 574 for Whitlock. On what planet has Garrett Whitlock been worse than Chris Sale? It's tough, right? Because like when you start dealing with small sample size, but then you'd go and say, well, Garrett Whitlock has arguably the best start of any Red Sox pitcher this season. Like it, that's Garrett basically Whitlock, the truth. Garrett Whitlock had a late start, jumped in the season late. He only has two fewer innings than Chris Sale right now. He's working deep no matter what. And that's what they want in Garrett Whitlock. I don't think they view him as the top of the rotation arm like they no. do Bayo. He's a work. He's supposed to be a workhorse. He's supposed, he's to, be supposed to be like Rick, Rick Porcello. Porcello. Jinx. You owe me a soda. No, you I I said jinx, so you owe me the soda. Is that how that works? Yes. Jake, is that how it works? Of course Tyler wouldn't know how that works. <laughs> yeah. Guy doesn't know how to tie his fucking oh. shoes. You don't know how jinx works. All right. For you to whoever really go at jinx, the whoever says jinx, the other person owes them a soda. I guess, depending hey, no, on no, what no, 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 no. That is one thousand percent how that works. Look at the light. What? <laughs> Are you looking at a light? Yeah. 
You owe me a Sprite. Suck on it. <laughs> Tyler Willikin. Jake, can you mute his microphone, please? You're, you're muted. You're Jake. muted for the next 30 seconds. No. Yep. That was a bar. Yep. No, that year. No, you're suspended for 30 seconds. And that's that's a generous suspension. Only muted for 30 seconds is that's pretty generous for what you just did right there. Suck on it. Fucking loser. Um, so now you have uh, a bunch of guys. Like, I would genuinely make the point right now that Tanner Houck has been the best starter in the rotation for the Boston Red Sox. He's appeared four times. They've all been starts. He's got an ERA of about four and a quarter, but the FIP is four. Like, I'm taking that all day. He's striking guys out. The traffic isn't crazy. 1.24 whip. And that's the guy that we're talking about putting in the bullpen. So this is this is kind of like my whole thought process and why I'm harping on Tanner Houck. Because I know that we're going to hit on Garrett Whitlock and the start that he had. So before Tyler goes into defense mode about the guy that he called Garrett Shitlock, let me just say this about Garrett Whitlock. Because I saw Lou Merloni tweet about this. Lou said his first start sucked and everyone said put him in the bullpen. That his next start was great and everyone was like, this guy is a bona fide starter. That his third start sucked and everyone's like, this guy, you got to put him in the bullpen. I'm not going to pass judgment on Garrett Whitlock until like maybe the second half. Like I need a large sample size and I know I know that this season is meant to see what you've got with a few guys. I think Garrett Whitlock is probably the main one, but if Bobby Dahlbeck continues to hit for Worcester, you're still going to give opportunities to Tristan Casas because you've deemed him the guy. Like we're not playing a seat like as much as I would love to be, <clears throat> we're not playing a season to try and win a championship this year. It's a see what you've got year. That doesn't mean you can't have fun and win in the process. They are. They're winning. Uh, <clears throat> but like if Garrett Whitlock continues to struggle, his leash is fairly long. Unless there's an injury or concern like that, then you kind of have to look at your options. But on the other side of things, if you designate Corey Kluber for assignment, like you could look at that and be like, wow, like they they care about going for it this year. No, they care about creating more opportunities for other guys that they want to look at, which is fine because that means that you're creating more opportunities for a guy like Taron Houck, for a guy like Cutter Crawford. And I'm okay with that. Like I have like Corey Kluber did not win his Cy Youngs in Boston. Uh, there's no emotional attachment to this guy. Like, <clears throat> is he a guy that, you know, like you you bring him in and you're like, wow, like we really we want, you know, Cutter Crawford and Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock and Brian Bayo to rub shoulders with Corey Kluber so we can see how he goes about it. I don't really care too much about that. Like, I know that he has a an extensive, very impressive trophy case, but he's not what Miguel Cabrera is to the Detroit Tigers. Like the Detroit Tigers are going down with the ship. They're letting Miguel Cabrera play every day. They don't give a fuck. He's, he's not good anymore, but he's a legend there and their, their players benefit from him being around. That's not how I feel about Corey Kluber. So I am very much in the camp of if he continues to be this bad, then give the opportunities to other guys and just cut your losses. It's a tough path to walk. And I think for the Corey Kluber argument, like if you're like, oh, well, I want these guys to rub shoulders with them. You have a guy who has just as much accomplished as great of a pitcher in Chris Sale. 
right there. So if you're looking for, you know, Bayo and Whitlock, Cutter, Winkowski, whoever it is, to kind of get those, you know, pitching lessons and just time with those guys, Sale can give that to them. I think with Tanner Helk and the Red Sox are telling you right now, they're not sure what they want to do. Why do you think they were willing to let this six-man rotation go through two times? Like, they didn't have to do that. They're playing out there short with the bullpen. That's why we saw Caleb Orr in the first place today. And they're just trying to make it happen. It's because Tanner Helk is showing you something. And the Red Sox may have said all offseason they viewed him as a starting pitcher. I think based on you know him being slotted for the bullpen to start the year before injuries happened and him being the favorite still right now to go back, it's because he hadn't shown them what they were looking for before then. Now, the arsenal's different. You look at his splitter. He threw it 6% of the time last season. It's up to 13% this year. The cutter, which is a completely new pitch, he didn't even have it last year. He's throwing it 15.2% of the time now. That's a massive difference for a guy in Helk who struggled to get lefties out and struggled to go deep in games. Now, I'm not going to go and not to look back at last series, but he still gave up a two-run homer to the ninth hitter, Willie Castro, in the seventh. So you have that conversation, what it is. But I think the Red Sox are like, let's see how it plays out. We're going to have James Paxson follow an opener, even though everything Bloom has said and the Red Sox has said was, oh, no, we think this guy, we view him as a starter. We don't want to make it more difficult. The Red Sox are trying to find that balance. And where it falls on the Kluber camp is you can't just go and DFA him because it's a bad look to give a guy a $10 million deal in free agency and say, get the fuck out after four starts. That's a real hard look. Guys are not going to want to come here. They're not going to trust you to give you run, but they're going to have to pick what's more important. I think with Kluber, that's where you get to the point where Maybe you let him get a couple more starts. You let it play out. If he still doesn't look it, then you consider a long relief role or a DFA. But I think they're going to give him at least a little bit more run here before they make that decision. And they know with Helk, they can put him in the bullpen and always pull him back out. I'm not advocating for it to be right now. I'm just saying that if it continues, that's a conversation that I am interested in having. Because it's one you have to have. Yeah, like I... I don't care about giving Corey Kluber more opportunities. Why would I care about that? I, I think it's a rare situation to be in where you have. It's, it's not like they have an embarrassment of riches as it pertains to pitching, but you've got Kluber, Bayo, Whitlock, Sale, Pavetta, Houck, and Crawford with Paxton coming. And I know that, you know, he had that, that rehab outing and he sucked. Has he pitched again since the first one? No, I believe he's going to pitch Tuesday. Okay. And he's going to start in like a regular role. It won't be following an opener. Okay. So it's, it's too soon, obviously, to place judgment on Paxton. But how many arms is that for five spots that we're talking about? One, two, three, four, eight? five, six, seven, eight. Eight guys for five spots. Someone's got to go to the bullpen. And even in the bullpen, like you've got guys that can handle their business out there. Like whose spot are you gonna are you gonna give up out there to create? A, no, a, like, uh, you're gonna create I, a spot I think there's out there spots. just to, to fucking hide fucking Corey Kluber in the bullpen. Like what are you doing? That's where you get to the hard point. I think Ryan Brazier, he's done. They're throwing him out in the ninth inning. They could not give a fuck less. Last series, they let him throw thirty pitches back to back days in the ninth <laughs> inning. They don't care if the elbow blows out. They just go out there and you know eat as many innings as you can when we don't think you can lose the game. He's going to be the first one down. Jolie Rodriguez is throwing yeah. like he's getting closer as we go. But I think they view Cutter Crawford, probably someone who could really make sense in the bullpen for them this year. I think when they originally put that bullpen together, they looked at Tanner Houck as well. When is when is Jolie's 
expected to return? There's not a strict timetable, but the fact that he's throwing is a pretty good sign. I'd say probably hopefully mid-May once he goes on like a rehab and, you know, can get a couple outings underneath him because it's been such a while. Mm. But just going down the bullpen here right now, Kenley going to be here. Chris Martin going to be here. Schreiber going to be here. Richard Blyer, credit to him. He's been better. Zach Kelly, one of those guys. He's gone now. You got Winkowski. That's five. What do you make of the rest of it? Is that Cutter? Is that Tanner? And then Jolie. I think if you're doing the numbers, Caleb Ort might be a guy that gets optioned back. I He's fine as the last guy in the bullpen or an up and down. I'm not going to act. I was really hard on Caleb Ort out of spring training. He's you been were. better than I thought he was going to be. Apologize. Say I'm sorry for it. I, I'm sorry, Caleb. You yeah. you are not absolute trash. You're just the last guy in the bullpen in a quadruple A reliever. No, he's he's he might be the last guy in the bullpen in one of the best bullpens in baseball. I think Caleb Ort's a guy you never want in a leverage Somebody's got to be Dennis Rodman. You know, not him. I mean, you I think I think really that's more player. of a guy like Josh Winkowski who comes out of the bullpen when oh, you really Josh when Winkowski. you really need a big spot. Oh, Josh Winkowski is like the Pippin of this bullpen. The Pippin are. Uh, yeah, I guess he'd be in there. I'm not yeah. a basketball guy. I'm not going to pretend to make references. All I mean, I'm saying you, is, you know, the the 90s Bulls. Oh, yeah, I watched them. They, they were electric watching them. You're going to tell me that you don't know Michael Jordan is good. I know Michael Jordan's good. I know Scottie okay. Pippen's good. But was right. I watching in the 90s? I wasn't alive. I didn't see, you don't have to be watching it to know who Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan and Dennis Rodman are. And Steve no, Burr. but you're calling Caleb Ort Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman would probably cry. He, he'd actually consider his entire oh, life meaning oh, if no, you told no, him no, that no, he was no. the same as Caleb Ort. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. All time bad take on your part. No, you literally just said that you don't understand the reference. How can you call it a bad take? You're telling me Caleb Ward is Dennis Rodman. Yes. You should be jailed. Prison. I don't know which one's worse. You don't even know what I'm saying. I, I do. I know who Dennis Rodman is. French. And then you were just like, that was offensive. How the fuck do you know? Spare. What are you saying? You're telling me Caleb Ward, a guy exactly. who's probably not going to be in the bullpen. You don't know what I, you don't understand the reference, Tyler. I you're don't think fucking, you understand the you're reference. 17 years old. You you just said you don't watch the the fucking Bulls in the 90s. You did don't you? Ref- yes. You, you were an avid Bulls fan in the 90s. Everyone and, was an avid Bulls fan it, in the 90s. It, and when you saw Caleb Ort, you were like, oh my God, Dennis Rodman's Dennis back. Rodman, yes. I think if anyone's Dennis Rodman, it's someone who's crazy like John Schreiber. Better okay. comp. Yeah. Better comp. Well, personality wise, I'm just talking about talent on the depth chart wise. So who are you keeping Caleb Ort over? You're not kicking cutter, are you? I want I mean, I, I in a perfect world where no one's feelings get hurt. I'm getting rid of Corey Kluber and keeping cutter in the rotation. But you agree they can't move off of him this quickly, right? Uh, You gave him 10 million. You got to at least like I think Catillo was the one who made this on his recent podcast. He's like, that is a bad look for an organization to bring someone in like that with his pedigree and his history and tell him to kick the curb that fast. You got to give him a little bit of a longer leash. Now, for me, like if it's MLB the show, goodbye. You're DFA'd today. But I think that's the balancing act they're going to have to play here. It's just how long are you willing to let that go? And I do think with Kluber, like he is what he is. He's Rich Hill. But has he been awful every start? No, he was good against Pittsburgh. A lot of people would argue he was even better against the Rays before Richard Blyer shit his pants. Mm-hmm. And then there's been two really bad starts. 
But I think now the talent level has surpassed whatever, even if he's good, like for what Corey Kluber is, I think Cutter Crawford or Tanner Houck would give you more. Yeah. Just from a winning standpoint. That's what makes it frustrating is like, what are we doing here? What, what do you want this season to be? Is this area 51 where you're conducting experiments for the future? Is that what this season is? Or are we going to try with the pieces that we have to do what is best for the team to get into the postseason? I don't know that they know the answer to that. Or maybe they do. They don't. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to walk that line. And that's why you get into this uncomfortable spot here where you're playing future versus today. Yeah. But you could argue today is still smarter if you went, you know, Cutter Crawford or Tanner Houck still in the rotation over a Corey Kluber. Right. Like you're a better team today if you do that. And it helps you moving forward. It's just the other side of it. What does it look like if you're kicking Kluber to the curve? Oh, you know what? I, you know, it just hit me what they, what they can do. What? Phantom IL. That's, and that's what I mentioned a couple minutes ago. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're like, Hey, go away for two weeks. Let's wait for something, an injury, whatever happens. And then we'll reassess. Yeah, just go down to Fort Myers and try and figure it out. Because like, it's not even that he sucks. Corey Kluber doesn't walk guys. He's been walking guys. Like That's, that's abnormal for Corey Kluber. So for me, a guy that's been in the league this long, a guy that's won a couple of Cy Young Awards, you can figure that out. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying that he's done, washed, can never contribute at the big league level ever again. But trotting him out there... When you have better options, that doesn't send the best message to the fans, a fan base that's already pretty pissed off. Like or even the it. guys in that clubhouse. Yeah. Like Corey Kluber is, is, a, is a strike zone uh, mastermind. <clears throat> what the fuck is going on in my throat? God damn. Get it um, together. Yeah. He, that, it, that's something that I feel like he could work on and fix. Just don't do it up here. Because I, I, I would like to at least contend for a, for a postseason spot and see what happens. Like, I don't think any, again, I'm going to say it a million times. No one here has World Series aspirations. We just don't. And that's okay. But don't give me another depressing season. I am so fucking sick and tired of knowing that my baseball season is over halfway or like the first month of the summer. It's like 4th of July and you're like, yeah, I mean, maybe I will go outside today because the Red Sox are that bad. I don't want to be in that spot. Don't put me there. And I feel like Corey Kruber wants to put me there. And that's the thing. This is going to be one of the moments where you look at this front office and they really have to make a hard decision. They, like we always knew the hard decision was coming. It was supposed to happen on you know March 30th when they were going to have to kick arms, but injuries happened. And that's usually the thing they fall back on. Oh, someone's going to get hurt. Something will make it all fall together here. Well, if that doesn't happen, then you're going to have to deal out of it. But no matter what, we're talking just about when Paxson gets here. We're talking about moving, you know, Hulk back to the bullpen or whatever it may be. Right now, Jansen, Schreiber, Blyer, Wink, Crawford, Brazier, Ort. Tanner Hulk, assume, you know, you presume takes one of those spots. Then Paxson comes back and you're going to have to have another. And then Jolie. Like, there's a lot of hard decisions coming where they're going to have to pick guys and say, hey, like, you don't belong here or you don't make sense here. And that's, I think, what we're going to judge this front office on. What is more important to you? I'll tell you what's more important to me. 
This is the DraftKings Sportsbook because baseball season's in full swing. Whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for this season's action. Right now, new customers can place a $5 pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Join the big league action right now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with the promo code Carabas, C-A-R-R-A-B-I-S. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code Carabas. Um, I, so I just mapped it out while you were talking there. Yep. Let's call it May 1st. Let's call it May 10th. I don't know. You could have a rotation of Sale, Whitlock, Bayo, Paxson. I locked those four in. Is seemingly the rotation arms you're going to lean on. So that fifth spot is between Pavetta, Crawford, and Hauk. I mean, you could make the case that those are your three best starters and they're competing for the fifth spot. And that's where you balance. It's like you got to let Whitlock get his chances here. Bayo. There's always, I don't buy into this, but there has been, you know, a working theory that maybe you option Bayo and you're like, hey, go down there and we'll let Kluber. I'd even include Kluber in this. Jesus Christ, as I just wrote it out. That's terrifying. Um, but that that's the conversation. It's like, do you option Bayo so you can keep one of these arms and you don't put yourself in a spot where somebody has to leave? And you say, hey, go down and get a couple starts. I'm not doing that. But like, you're already at six right now. so. What is it going to be? Sale, Whitlock, Bayo, Pax, and Kluber? I'm not entertaining sending Bayo down until I've got like five or six starts under my belt and I'm not happy with the results. I don't even think it would be a performance thing. I think it would be similar to what they did with Cutter Crawford a couple weeks ago where they're like, this just is the way we can keep everybody. Yeah, but I mean, if, if Bayo is dealing, you're not having that conversation. No. And that's where you get to this point where now they're going to have to make a decision on April 27th. Mm. Once the six man rotation, you know, they get an off day. What is that? Thursday? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Just constructing this bullpen. Like, yeah, you're going to have to pick. So let's say they send Pavetta to the bullpen. It's a crazy bullpen. And we know Pavetta does not want to go. And he's already, you know, bitched to reporters and been unhappy about even the thought of him moving to the bullpen. But you can say him and Hauk are the only ones that have experience in Cutter as well now. Mm. But your bullpen, say Martin's back for May 1st. Jansen, Schreiber, Martin, Blyer, Wink, Crawford, Hauk, Pavetta. <clears throat> there's just a lot of there's a lot of mid in the Red Sox rotation. There's a, quite the mid off happening. So <sighs> it, you don't really have elite you just have a lot of mid and some suck i'd say you have one suck it's kluber Kluber sucks sale did suck he is coming off the best his best start in four years i i say we can throw sale let's call him mid rotation we're not going to consider him top at this point no one can consider top even at their best whitlock is not ace material like he's no I, like, I think he's a three yeah maybe 
He could be a rock solid two. But he's not an ace. Garrett Whitlock will never start game one of a playoff series for a good team. No, I don't think that's a bad take. But Bayo could. Bayo might be that guy. There's it potential. Yeah, we don't know that yet. You know, Paxson, his ceiling is, you know, he's a three. But, you know, there were moments where he looked like a two. Um, and then you got Pavetta, who's a definition of a number five. I have no idea what to expect from Paxton. My 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 expectations are not very high. I will be pleasantly surprised if he comes out here and and pitches well. Just be, be just because of all the setbacks and everything. Uh, I, it's not that I don't think that he like the stuff is there, right? Like he's throwing fucking 96, 97, 96, 97 from the left side. OK, like, let's see it because we saw it in his first outing with the Wu Sox and he gave up what seven runs and fucking two innings or something like that yeah not even two two outs oh two thirds <laughs> so your best rotation if it was a video game is Sale Whitlock Bayo Hout Crawford that gets you both the best of both worlds yeah you're letting you know the back four all kind of put their legs in the ground but then you could go and say well can you like you don't have that innings eater type there yeah you don't have that Pavetta who's going to go out there every fifth day yeah, I think so. Here, here's my struggle because I think that the Red Sox can be good this year, and I think that they can at least be in the conversation for a, a playoff spot when it's all said and done. But how the Red Sox manage their rotation moving forward will we will be able to read between the lines on them telling us that they don't give a shit about making the playoffs this year or not. Because a team that would be doing everything that they possibly can to make the playoffs, it's a very clear-cut combination of guys that would be in the rotation. Yeah. It's such a weird place, though, because they're in the... There is a road where you say their best rotation also allows them, you know, to have the development, right? Like yeah. we're saying, Sale, Whitlock, Bayo, Hout, Crawford is the best. Mm-hmm. But Heim Bloom thinks in terms of depth. That's often where his mind goes with a lot of these decisions. And I think that's where we're going to see it play out. I think that's going to be the situation where you probably see Hout to the bullpen. Let him go do that. Then you see probably Pavetta to the bullpen as well. And then you let Kluber still get every fifth day, at least for two or three weeks. And then maybe you look at Cutter, Winkowski, and how can you try to keep them stretched out? I mean, Nick Pavetta, Nick Pavetta has a case to be upset if, if he does get demoted to the bullpen. If I was Nick Pavetta and Corey Kluber got to keep his job over me, I'd be pissed. Correct. But if I saw Cutter Crawford get the job or Tanner Houck, I'd be like, all right. I, at least I can mentally understand that I've probably reached my ceiling. Like I, I am what I am. They've seen me here. I can look at those guys and say they have something to prove or they could be even better than me. A lot of people would argue they're already better than Pavetta. Because hmm. Nick Pavetta, I mean, 18 hits in 19 and two thirds innings. That's not great. But a 10.53 strikeouts per nine. The one three seven whip, I can live with that. The four five eight ERA, I can I can live with that. He's averaging five innings per start. That's like about what I would expect or slash hope for 
worst case scenario from Nick Pavetta. I'll take that from him. Jared, just go down the line. 2020 or 2021, 453 ERA. 2022, 456. 2023, 458. Yeah, he's right on the fucking nose of what Nick Pavetta it, is. It's him. Like, and he, we saw in game one, he goes out there, he gives you a chance to win. It's a little scary. You know, there's moments where you think the game's going to get away from you, but he leaves with two outs in the sixth inning, and you're like, all right, that's Nick Pavetta. He gave you a chance to win. 458. He's, he has an ERA right now that he had, what, in 2020? Uh, what do you mean? 458? That's his ERA right now. Yeah, that's this year and the last two years were 453 and 456. 30 starts each year. Yeah, he's exactly what he is. How can you punish him for that? that, It's the same as the Kluber conversation. Is it punishing or is it putting the guys with the most talent ahead of them? Yeah. Uh, They're going to have really hard decisions coming. Really hard. And then if you do put Houck and Crawford, where does that leave the bullpen? Ryan Brazier is going to keep living. Kluber is just like an, a, a double shitty Nick Pavetta. <laughs> yeah, because you can't throw him like you put Pavetta in the bullpen. You're like, all right, he should be able to give you two or three innings. Maybe the stuff plays up a little bit more like it did against the Rays in that playoff series. Kluber, like, what are you going to tune it up to? 90? He's going to be like the most traditional blowout, like go out there and throw six innings because our starter got beat to death in the first three. I hate that this this predicament has uh, led me to Corey Kluber slander because I, I respect him so much. And I know that other guys that I know that have been teammates of his speak so highly of him as a guy. But now you're on my team. <laughs> and if the the one way that you can get me to talk shit about you is if you stand in the way of me and winning baseball games. That that's That's it. Paulo Sandoval. I wouldn't have said shit about you being a fat tubby bitch, but then you stood in the way of me winning baseball games. Corey Kluber now stands in the way of me winning baseball games. And I don't like that. So I can't be singing your praises when there are other options to explore. And there certainly are. And Nick Pavetta is one of them. So once everyone gets healthy, I'd be very okay with a phantom Alston. Yeah. And I think that that's the smartest thing that they can do. Because you don't owe Corey Kluber anything. He's still going to get his $10 million. You can go down to Fort Myers and figure some shit out. Because again, to what I was saying earlier, the walks, the whip, the traffic. Kluber is not an issue of free pass guy. He's a control guy. Figure it the fuck out. And if you can, great. You can help the Red Sox win some baseball games up here. If you can't, we have other guys who can do that. We don't, we don't need Corey Kluber. So in a world, I know I'm doing this again, in a world where you would put Houck and uh, Crawford in the rotation, uh-huh. in this world, Corey Kluber fell off a bridge. You know, he's gone. Kidnapped by um, aliens. Sure, that works. It'd be Jansen, Schreiber, Martin, Blyer, Wink, Jolie, be back, and Pavetta. Uh-huh. See, that's eight. I, I don't hate Pavetta in the bullpen. I don't hate that. I just, I think that he can still help in the rotation. Would like, you rather see upside Hulk or would you rather see Hulk in the bullpen be maybe a dominant weapon that you can pair with Wink in between days? 
See, that's the thing is I, I've seen some people uh, complain about Josh Winkowski being used in a role where he pitches multiple innings. And I, I like it. You know, he like, needs to right now. There's not they don't have a choice. If Schreiber and Jansen Martin, are your only late leverage guys. Yeah. Like without Martin in the fold, like you kind of have to use Winkowski for multiple innings here. So to your point, maybe Tanner Houck in the bullpen alleviates some of the stress on uh Josh Winkowski because we've seen that before, where recently with John Schreiber, where the Red Sox are like, oh fuck. This guy, this guy is actually really good. We weren't planning on having a really good guy here. So <laughs> let's use him a lot. And, you know, if you have another guy like that, like a Tanner Houck, then that that prevents you from burning out a guy like Josh Minkowski, who uh, certainly is is new to this role at the big league level. Uh, and it would just be nice to not burn a guy out. Like, I feel like that happens quite often where you just strike gold with a reliever and you're like, all right, let's ride this till the wheels fall off. Why wouldn't we? And it doesn't work. Like you can't do that. Now, what happens if they do what they did with Tanner Houck and Rich Hill? Remember when that was a thing last year where it was Rich Hill and then Tanner Houck afterwards? And it was like, okay, yeah, like that. this is a way I, I didn't like it either. Cause it Houck didn't look great in that role. Yeah. But if they're like, we want Houck to still go three or four innings, Paxson, we want to keep him on a leash. Let's see how far he goes. Is it four innings one day? Is it five? And then you say, hey, how go out there for three. If you have more, awesome. If not, you know, we bridge eight and nine. You have your late inning options. And this is a way you're still going multi innings. And we're, you know, trying to meet that middle ground that works for everyone. It no matter what, someone's gonna be upset and someone's gonna be not in a happy place with these decisions. That's just mm-hmm. what it is. But these are good problems to have. This is what happens when you have good pitching and you have depth. So I know it's annoying and I know it's like you're playing this game. It's been a long time since the Red Sox have been in this place. Mm. I'm not ready to say that the Red Sox have good pitching. I'm going to call Chris Cotillo. Do you think he answers? Oh, no, it's probably going to go on do not disturb. And then he'll be like, I'm going right back. I thought his Corey Kluber take on his recent pod was very good. He doesn't have good takes. He tries though. He reads Chris Cotillo. Yeah, so he's we got the do not disturb. Now let's do it for real. Now let's see. Then he'll text me and be like, I am, I am my phone on do not disturb. I'll call you man. You know how they say like face for radio for people that are ugly? I've heard that before. He uh he has a a, a voice for fucking print media. Jesus. He's a yeah, cute he's, kid. No, he's not. Got the from Milwaukee. See, that's exactly what he sounds like. Uh, hey, Chris. Call him ugly to his hey. face, Jared. <clears throat> no, I didn't. I didn't say you were ugly. I said you had a voice for print. Oh, well, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, see? Katio, uh, I'm yeah. proud of your weight very, loss journey. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's a journey. We're not at the destination quite yet. What are you... Journey on what? He's been losing weight. No, he hasn't. Y- you gotta listen to the Fenway Rundown, Jared. Oh, my God. I guess it's only yeah, fair someone, that we... Someone promote. someone asked him. <laughs> it's only <laughs> fair if we promote your stupid podcast 
uh, the Fenway Rundown. You can catch it live on uh, podcasts. Podcasts. Every, uh, podcast apps everywhere. L podcast. You, really, you can't really catch it live anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we could do we could do a live show from my apartment. Yeah, uh, the electric factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How come you've never asked me to be on your podcast? Um, we're trying to do kind of like a legit news type thing. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, like journalism and stuff, not entertainment. It's kind of a change up. Whoa, it's kind of fucked up. I I do a journalism. Yeah, that's nice. I don't know why I called you. I want to hear any, any questions. Any questions? I, I want to hear Katio talk about why. I thought you made a good point on your recent episode about why the Red Sox aren't going to just DFA Kluber. Uh, well, because you can't sign a free agent starter and give him four starts, uh, $10 million for four starts, and a guy that is, you know, a two-time Cy Young winner. I mean, it's just like, you could have a longer leash than that. It's not, it's, uh, it's just not how baseball works. I can't believe people are already jumping to that, and uh, no one's ever going to sign here again if you do that. So I think it's pretty simple. Yeah, I agree with you, but if this continues, then Phantom IL has to be the option. You can't just keep trotting them out there when you have other guys. Yeah, there is, there is, there is the Matt Barnes Memorial Phantom IL spot that remains uh, empty. So we can do that. Yeah, like that. Do you see that? That's where this is headed. I mean, I don't know. It's he's, it, it's just four starts, right? Four or five. Like four. I mean, it's it's still it's four. It's super early. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, because command is his thing, right? And he hasn't thrown. Uh, the ball anywhere near where he wants to. Uh, so that's kind of concerning. But I mean, they're going to stick with him for a little bit longer. And you know, maybe he goes to the bullpen. I don't know. He, you can't you can't get a read on the guy because he's completely emotionless. So um, it's, it's, and he, and to just parlay the emotionlessness, he apparently hates being called Cluebot, which is hilarious. It's the only thing that he has an opinion on is the nickname about how stoic he is. Yeah, he he hates it. I th- I saw him on like MLB Network, and he he like got very upset when they called him Cluebot. Uh, <laughs> I in a perfect world, what does your best Red Sox rotation look like? Um, I think there's a difference between depth and what they're going to do, because I think they're going to give Paxton a chance, uh, which is some, somewhat surprising. And I think yeah, I think they're going to to you know the guys that they want to have in there. I think Whitlock is going to stay. I think Bayo is going to stay. Sale, Kluber, and Paxton. That's what I think they're going to do. I think it's Pavetta and House for the bullpen. Um, and is that you know deserved performance-wise? Probably not. There's just a lot of factors here. You don't want to screw up Bayo's development. They don't want to see you know Yo-Yo Whitlock anymore. I think that they you know they feel probably indebted to at least give Paxton a start or two after everything he's been through and obviously the bullpen experiment the other day with the Woosak was a disaster. Dale is safe. Um, so, you know, but going to be pissed if they do it, but I just feel like him and Hauk are the two guys. If you're giving me, you know, a best five, probably Sale, Bayo, Whitlock, Pavetta, and Kluver. I mean, I don't know. It, 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 you would, you would leave the- Crawford out of the rotation? And that's, I just don't think they're going to, they're even going to give him a chance. I think they like him in this role right now. So, well, we're going to talk about that. Why don't you put Winkowski in the rotation after how well he fits, right? Like, it's never, it's never, it's never a merit system with these things. There's too much that goes into it, sports science wise. And 
health wise. So like your best five is never ever going to happen. I mean, that's why we saw, you know, Garrett Richards and Martin Perez were in the rotation for four months for a team that came within two games of the World Series two years ago, right? Like that's just how they Martin do Perez was an all star. You son of a bitch. That's true. Yeah. Or as Johnny Miller called him for two years, Martin. Martin. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. I just, what we were talking about before we made the mistake of calling you was the uh, idea that like the Red Sox, the way that they align their rotation will tell you whether or not they care about making the playoffs or not. Like they're telling you that this is an experimental year versus like a, we're going to, we're going to position and move things around so that it makes sense. The most sense to put this team in a position to make the playoffs. I just think they're going to stick to, like, you know, they, I think they're just going to stick to the things that are going to make them most successful over six months. And, like, they're not going to put Whitlock back in the bullpen because they hate doing that to the guy and they think he's a good starter long term. You know, like, they're not going to use Paxton out of the bullpen because they think it'll screw up his health even more. Like, there's some things that they're just, like, health-wise or development-wise, they're going to be committed to. And it's not going to align with your five best things. It's just, it, it kind of never does. But... It's they're going to lean depth. That's what Heim Bloom has shown us. Right, right. This is very frustrating. It's very frustrating because, like, I I do think that this team can still be in the neighborhood of eighty six wins, which doesn't guarantee you a playoff spot by any means. But I I know you you have these like lukewarm takes where you're like. I think that they're just going to be directly right down the middle. That's why I think that they're twelve. They're twelve and eleven. Almost that's not an 81 and 81 pace they're 12 when they lose when they lose when they lose tomorrow they'll be back on pace whoa jesus christ biased very biased take right there this guy hates the red Sox. they're 12 and 7 against teams that are not the tampa bay rays and everyone has lost against the tampa bay rays so i don't want to hear it that's true yeah okay it's fine i have some things i'd like to talk about uh okay number one i need my flowers for the Xander bogart interview because i haven't talked to you guys since then yeah, I haven't listened to it, but uh <laughs> Oh, it's great. Congratulations, you fucking got it. You did it. Yeah. And you I mean, it's just you know, time to bow your head and you know, pay for ice cream or whatever that was. Yeah, I, I owe you I said I lost a bet to donate to a charity <laughs> and for twenty five dollar a twenty five dollar ice cream, right? Twenty five hundred, whatever, you know, in the end. And I said that I would buy two ice creams even after I lost. That's very nice. But you know, you lose, I win. Most importantly, the kids win. Can you beat it? No. Kids always win, but I I kinda want to uh I want to buy you the ice cream. Are you like actually trying to lose weight? I haven't had ice cream all year. I mean, you know, do you not follow on Twitter? I mean, I know the blue checks are gone. For some of us, obviously. Some of us pay eight dollars and some of us don't. I make like eight dollars a minute. Mm. That's fair. That's a bar. <laughs> Other That's thing, crazy. Uh, the, you know, the Milwaukee. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. Uh, the Milwaukee Milwaukee Brewers turned down my request to run in the sausage race. I saw that. So, like, I yeah. Admittedly, I I only look at Twitter lists, and okay. I don't really look at my timeline much. But I did see this all started because you tweeted. Like I know that you've tweeted the video of you running a million times, but yeah. you tweeted deceptive, this video. Deceptive athlete. Yeah, you've tweeted this video at me recently, and then that's kind of what spawned you wanting to run in the race. I mean, it's not what I mean. I've wanted to do this for decades, um, but, you, but it was very disappointing to hear they were they were booked up. And then today, 
after I did not get a spot, the Jemaya and I were going to go down the slide and he went without me and didn't even tell me. So I didn't even get to do that. I, so I think that you should have just ran as Chris Cotillo. <laughs> yeah, there's an unnamed Red Sox employee who, when told I was going to r- potentially run the sausage race, inquired, are you going to wear a costume? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you, you're established enough in the baseball space where like they've got like the hot dog and the sausage and all that. And then if you were at the game, you could be like, oh, and there's Chris Cotillo. He's he's choosing to represent yeah. himself. He's running as himself today. You didn't have to run as, well, as a hot dog. I'm representing Mexico at the end of the day, right? They have an Italian sausage. 100 percent. Yeah, Viva. Um, is there is there anything else that you want to promote today besides yourself? No, I just I just don't want to go back to writing. So I do this all day. Yeah. Or what are you writing? How about the Sox? What is the headline? Uh, Red Sox win. Okay. Nice. You did it. You asked. You asked Alex Cora a question at a press conference over the weekend, and he completely just like shut you down. What was the question? I can't remember. Uh, no, last week in Tampa, he was for St. Pete, whatever. I uh, asked him to describe the gap between the Red Sox and the Rays right now. Oh, yeah. And he was like, I don't so, know. They fucking, this is their record. This is our record. So you do the math. Well, we have a, we have a yearly tradition where uh, he has to glare at me and through my soul in the manager's office at Tropicana Field once a year. Yeah. Uh, we had one last year that was legendary this year. The nothing cameras for whatever reason didn't I, I guess it didn't go out on the social feed. So um but you know, it's we do have another trip there, so there's another chance. But yeah, look, it's April for everybody, you know, it's an adjustment period. So you just have like a love hate relationship with each other? Oh no, it's all love. All love for sure. It's all love. There is I I remember the, the question that you're talking about. There was another one over the over the weekend where you asked him a question and he just gave like a one word answer and moved on. Like he like barely even looked at you. Like you asked him a question. He was like, I don't know. Yeah, there was the other night that crazy game. I said, uh, when the ducks came out on the field, did you know it was going to be one of those nights? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, but all right. So, uh, thank you. I mean, it's still, I, I don't know what I have to do to get like to stop the youngest guy in the beat treatment. It's year six. But I'm still the youngest one in the beat, so it's like, all right, I'm just gonna give him a bunch of shit, which I appreciate because it's like some, you know, prolonged like rookie treatment thing. But God, it's not day one. I don't think that that's what it is. I think that you're just fucking. Oh, it's definitely one of those. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those. No, I don't think it's like rookie hazing. It's more just like this guy is a fucking douchebag. Sean McAdam asked the same question, and he won't get that treatment. There's a respect factor. Well, Sean McAdam has been there since like the early 1900s. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Did you wish Steve Buckley a happy 87th birthday the other day? No, I did not. Oh. I'm gonna send the uh, send the USPS card. Yeah, send- carrier pigeon, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, send him a, a happy belated. All right, I'll let you get back to your boring ass article that you're writing. Adios, amigo. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> What a guy. Uh, Chris Cotillo. I think we're on the same page, though. You don't like that page. I don't like that page because of what I just said. What I said earlier, just I don't know. It's a read between the lines thing. If you're not if you're not putting your best 
lineup out there, if you're not putting your best roster out there, if you're not putting your best rotation, your best bullpen, you're just saying, we don't believe in this team's ability to make the playoffs this year. I don't think it's that. I think the way they view it is in that Bridgier light, where it's like, we're going to try to walk the middle of this line of you don't make the guy playoffs like in chance so we don't scare other potential free agent starters away. We're going to let the guys we have shown we believe in the most and Whitlock and Bayo continue to get their reps. Chris Sale needs to be there. And then Paxson, we're going to let him kind of push through because Heimblum said it in March. We really don't think he's supposed to work in anything but a starter capacity. That's where he's comfortable. He has enough obstacles in front of him. This is where it kind of makes sense. And I think he looks at those other guys and they've changed. They've, you know, hit Bloom a little bit. Bloom's had to rethink some things. But I think they're going to choose to continue to kick the can down the road before they have to make all these hard decisions. Did you see that report about Heim that was going around today? Uh, I read it a few days ago uh, out of the Athletic, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's interesting." What I don't know. I, I I think the main thing in there is that the rumor is still between well, ownership well, and everything. Well, oh. we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But first. I need Jake to to tell the people about Blue Moon. Oh no. Cuz I I've told the people about Blue Moon on TV. Jake tells the people about Blue Moon on the Name Redacted podcast. That's what he does. I guess. Jake is the Blue Moon guy. And like I said, I love I love when people go to baseball games and they drink Blue Moons and they take a picture and they Send it to me. They tag Blue Moon. They Blue Moon sees that people are supporting us by supporting Blue Moon. The delicious, tasty beer. All the coriander that you could ever ask for in each sip. We love when people support the show by supporting Blue Moon. Blue Moon is like, they're all in, baby. They, 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 they're with uh, Name Redacted. They're with Baseball is Dead. They're with Like a Pro on Nessun. They sponsor the... Uh, my segment with Tony on the baseball hour. Blue Moon is in. So if you want to support us, support the show, Blue Moon is the way to do it. And uh, I'll let I'll let Jake take it from here. Some beers can say they're brewed for baseball, but only Blue Moon is brewed by baseball. Beer and baseball just go together. And no beer goes better than the one that was literally born in a ballpark. Blue Moon was created at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. It's the natural choice for opening day and all season long. You know who I bet had a couple blue moons on Friday night? Tyler Milliken. If you've been listening to the podcast since Tyler became a co-host, you've probably picked up on his Tylerisms. This guy loves asking himself questions, and he loves answering those same questions. He's definitely not afraid to tell you to fuck off, but most famously, the Tyler catchphrase that we've all come to know and love, spare me. Tyler loves saying spare me. And apparently so do the listeners, especially the ones that are active on Twitter. I don't know what's changed in the last couple days, but every time you click on one of Tyler's tweets, you just scroll through those replies. Spare me, spare me, spare me, spare me. It's fucking hilarious. First of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's contributed to the spare me movement. Secondly, I've talked to the good folks over at Blue Moon, and what we've decided is that whoever tells Tyler to spare me the most on Twitter throughout the rest of the season is getting a free case of Blue Moons at the end of the season. So to any of the listeners out there, if you feel like telling Tyler to spare me, please don't hesitate to do so. And Tyler, RIP to your replies. 
With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is a one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored, with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one-of-a-kind? Its bold flavor, bright explosion of color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a -a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color, a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Bring the ballpark to you with Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for beer and baseball merch, or visit get.bluemoonbeer.com jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. Thank you, Jake. That was outstanding, as always. As always. Everyone's favorite segment, by the way. Jake talking about Blue Moon. And Tyler. Back to the important stuff. Yeah. The non-hurtful stuff. Um, No. This is hurtful. Yeah, for Haim. But yeah, the article itself basically said that Haim, in terms of ownership, there's been no talk of him being let go yet, but there's been some talk outside, you know, amongst other executives that Bloom could be out if things go wrong this year. And Brian Sabian, formerly of the Giants, would be the guy to possibly be of interest to John Henry to run the team. It's an interesting name because I think, you know, we've obviously had the conversations about if Haim Bloom happened to be out at any point, where do they go from here? And I didn't have an answer because you don't just have big name baseball executives with the A, the expertise and B, the proven track record to run a big market team. Like those guys just aren't out there being like, oh, I'd like an opportunity to run the Boston Red Sox. Uh, But Brian Sabian is doing some slapdick job with the Yankees right now. And to attach the dots, he is local. He yeah, went New to Hampshire Concord guys, High School. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So like that would be the tie. And, you know, Brian Sabian, someone who built his infrastructure with the Giants on pitching mm-hmm. um, and kind of did it a different way. But if you're looking for maybe if you were to kick Bloom to the curb and you said, I want someone of, you know, old school, but also with some new school ide- or ideology, this is a way to get there. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not putting much into any of this. I, I'm not I, either. I, think, I just want to know it's just people talking. Net. Yeah. Like it's definitely. If if things were to go south, because I, I think the MO of this ownership group is, you know, we're going to give you a shot. We're going to give you an honest leash. We're going to give you time to do your thing. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. Like, actually, last night, I uh, I watched that MLB Network special. I think it's debuting in like an hour tonight on the MLB Network. Terry Francona. Yeah. So I watched that last night. And... It just it brought me back to like 20. Like I completely forgot. Like just I obviously remembered that they did Tito dirty on the way out, but like how dirty and just how abrupt it all was. And Dustin Pedroia is in it talking about how, like, yeah, like that was dumb. Like no one really wanted that to happen, but it happened. And um, it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right decision and this and that. But uh, the other morning, they showed probably like five to ten minutes of it on quick pitch. So that's all I've seen so far. Yeah, it's really good. Um, if do you have MLB Network? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I can send you the link if if you miss it. But uh, 
yeah, I, like tying that back to Heim. If let's say the Red Sox miss the playoffs this year, they win 81 games, like Katio said. That to me would be an unfair dismissal. I think that's would be rate if you can get to about 500 or better. I think in a bridge year, that's what they were they're looking for us. Can you show me a step forward? That would be a step forward. It it would be marginal though, because what they won seventy eight games last year. Like, yes, it, I need it would to be, a, be better than eighty one this year. But I think the way they'd frame it is well, he didn't have Trevor Story a majority of the year, right? Like so, you you lost one of the key players to your Duvall. roster as you pieced this thing together. Duvall was gone. Uh, you had a guy in Yoshida. Depending on how that signing plays, which I think is a major part of how Bloom's last straw or last strike is going to go down. If this is the Yoshida we have right now. People are going to be looking at that and saying, wow, that could be one of the best signings we've seen in a while. Like Haim went out there and got one of his guys along with, you know, Kenley Jansen, who is throwing 97 out of the bullpen. But what if Chris Martin blows and he's not healthy all year, right? There's still so many ways it can play. Haim needs Bro- way more credit for fucking Kenley Jansen. Like it, he has it, been nails. Ridiculous. It's <sighs> if you go to his baseball savant page, it is ridiculous. Red. It's all red. There's not even a, a gray on there. Or, you know, a 50 percentile. I don't know. I I think Sabian, it's interesting, right? Like that would be somewhat admitting. Yeah, it would be admitting, you know, we probably are looking for more Dave Dombrowski. We're looking for somewhere in the middle there. Um, But you'd also be leaning on an older baseball mine, right? So that's part of the equation. I think that's not what they want to do. But if they're looking for a pivot spot, this is a way to do it. But I don't know if Brian Saban even wants a job to this level. Like, that's the other part of the conversation. Yeah. But also, who dropped this story? Uh, what was it? Fucking, um, what's his name? The fuck? Jim. Jim, what's his name? Is it Bowden? Bowden, however Jim you pronounce Bowden. it? Bowden. Yeah. Jim Bowden. Now he is notorious for, you know, first of all, old school has a lot of con- or ties to that New York area. Is this Sabian saying here, take this. Yeah, I would it. like the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. If they're going to fire Heim at the end of the year, I'd like to be in the conversation. I think that's what this is. Yeah, I think so. Which too. It, it's nice to think about it that way and be like, all right, well, there is an experienced guy you could lean on. It's not going to be the next if he were to get fired, you're going to go find another bloom, right? Or you're going to go far, find Farhan Zaidi, another one of these assistants that you can kind of say is the next one. Or can you say, all right, things went south for the 2023 Red Sox. We're going to go get a guy who has three rings. Who built a dynasty in San Francisco. He did build a dynasty in San Francisco. Now, there was bad stuff in there. Like I'm not going to act like there's not. And I'm not going to act like the biggest Brian Sabian guy. But that would be the sell. Like. All right, we moved on from Bloom, but we got a guy who has the resume. Everyone said Bloom never had a resume. He was, you know, the assistant, whatever it may be. All right. This is us caving to that. But if the Red Sox continue to be what they have been so far this year, I don't think Bloom loses his job. Now, you can argue, should he have already lost his job? Should it be a bridge year? No, it shouldn't be a bridge year, but there were mistakes made. And... That's what it is. I, I saw some people complaining on my Twitter like over the last couple of days. Oh, Tyler excuses. This is a fucking bridge year. Are you stupid? H- have you listened to an episode of this podcast? How many times have we said they shouldn't be here? We've said it over and over again, but it's not my fault. You can't comprehend what they're telling you. 
You can't comprehend what Tom Warner's telling you the day they friggin' paid Raphael Devers. They're focused on the minor leagues. You can't tell by their payroll structure that they're not over the luxury tax. What does that fucking tell you? Connect the dots. It's not that hard. It, I'm not okay with it. Big picture, you shouldn't be here this year, but this is where they are. So either you're going to deal in reality or you're not. You know, we're not going to sit here and act like Hein Bloom had the green light to spend 300 million this year. He didn't. He knew this is what it was. We're going to agree on the plan. After Bogarts left, it set us back a year. We're going to work within these margins and the, you know, the expectation level is going to be lower. It's not good for the fan base. It's not good as a fan. We want to compete for a World Series every year, but this is what they're telling you. Either you can pick up the crumbs or you can't. What does it say to you that they're 0-7 against the two top teams? <laughs> they're, 0 think seven. They're-, they're 0-7 against the two top teams, but they're 12-4 and 4 against everyone else. I think they're a team that's going to be really solid. You could argue they were, you know, a couple, ba- not a bad breaks, but they could have swept the series. Yeah, they, they could have swept the Angels. Yes. So that that is an interesting way to kind of look at this team and how things are playing out right now. They are 0-7 against the Tampa Bay Rays and the Pittsburgh Pirates, two of the best teams, at least record-wise, to start the year. I don't know that the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to hold up, but. Uh, they but they, they have after the Red Sox like that's reality. I know they're yeah. playing shit teams, but they're right there right now. Yeah, they, they're they and seven against those two teams. The teams with two best records. Uh, they are 12 and four against everyone else. So, I mean, like you say, like, oh, which which team are they? And you, the answer is they're somewhere in the middle and somewhere in the middle is true to the record right now, which is like a game over 500. It's 500 to a little better. That's what we've had. Yeah. Them. I have them at 85 wins. Yeah. Like, that's what they're going to be. There's going to be some times where it's like, oh, yeah, like, fuck, this seems pretty damn good. And there's going to be some times where you're like, that's fucking annoying. Like, those are games they should have won. Like 12 out of 15. Yeah. And then there's going to be a stretch where they probably lose six out of eight. Yeah. You know, and you're like, fuck, like Yoshida's not hitting. Cassis isn't hitting whatever it may be. That's going to be them. When the starting pitching is doing its job, they go. We see that. What made today so special was it was kind of iffy, but they were able to pull that one out. But when you have a Whitlock start, you see it falls on your head a little bit. I think I know the answer to this question. And I want Jake to chime in on this as well. After today's game with Masataka Yoshida going deep twice and driving in six runs, uh, I think he is removed from this conversation. Now that the answer is not Masataka Yoshida, which one player are you most concerned about right now? Like, which one guy are you like, that guy needs to fucking get it going? I mean, it's, if it's not Casas, it's a pitcher. I would yeah, it, it's definitely Casas for me, like from a pure player standpoint. Am I worried long term about him? Not yet. But have there been some things this year? Like, I, I didn't like the play uh, today at first base. Ball gets by him. It's like, all right, if you're not hitting, you, you need to pick it up defensively a little bit. Um, but yeah, Cassis, if you're talking about importance to the team and where this thing's going, he needs to piece it together because he's been brutal. He, he, there's really no other way around it. He's not doing anything super well. I think he's up there working, looking for walks a little too much. I, I want him to be aggressive, but when he's been aggressive at times, he's just getting beat in the zone. So it's like you're playing this game where the defense hasn't been that great. You're not really offering much at the plate. If you're looking for another name, Christian Arroyo, who's given you nothing this season, you know, I know you're a big Arroyo guy. I thought Arroyo would at least give you league average production. He hasn't been able to do that yet. He's been well below. So both of them. But I think Yu Chang is bailing Arroyo out. 
like Yu Chang has stepped up. He may not hit great, but hit a couple rockets. They get caught. A couple bloopers fall in. He plays a beautiful shortstop and he moved Kike to second base where defensively Chang has saved runs, you know, the last five or six days, multiple times. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah, you can see. Today. Yeah. in core is telling you we need the defense. So Chang's going to be out there. And if he can run into one. Awesome. I but mean, it's last better. time I checked, the Red Sox were dead last in defensive runs saved. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the same ballpark still, but like, yeah, stuff like what happened with Cassis today is that, but then like, look at Devers. Devers made that incredible play today. Um, but yeah, that was I think of last Wednesday. So yeah, I don't think, I don't think they've been awful defensively. I, I think they've had, it was worse to start the year. I think it's been better with Chang since moving to shortstop. Yeah. And I think behind the plate, both of those guys have stepped it up. Connor Wong. He's been excellent defensively. And I think that Reese was even, crazy, by the way, last night, Oh, I Fucking was terrified. Reese McGuire gets a foul ball hit off of his hand behind the plate. And you've got, was it Willie Adamas at first base? Yeah. And he wouldn't steal. <laughs> Dude, go like, like fucking Reese McGuire could not throw the ball back. To, was it Carter Crawford pitching? Yeah, it was Cutter, and he was just like throwing it to second base. He kept throwing it like fucking 10 feet to the right of, of Cutter Crawford. Like, He's straight up holding up a megaphone saying, I can't throw the ball to second base. <laughs> like, why? Why would you not be running wild? The dude can't even throw the ball back to the pitcher. And Willie Adamas is just standing there like, dude, fucking go. What are you doing? It, it, not to crap on Reese, but it's not like he's been some great guy throwing out runners no. even when his, he's been okay this year and no. a lot of it's been on the pitcher but like he's not connor wong back there he's not you know throwing these freaking strikes to second base regularly so that was crazy yeah. uh, I, I don't know and it was even scarier when core goes well yeah our emergency catcher is tristan cassis that is interesting that it's not kenley jansen no oh no i know he has the catching history that is a good conversation but no he said cassis would be the guy It'd be funny to see Kenley get back there. Oh, no. If he got hurt, he looks so good right now. Like, I, I, I don't even want to envision that. That's kind of like, like I threw up the Verdugo pitching thing the other day. I was like, oh, they should let Verdugo pitch in this ball. You can never do that anymore. He's too important to the team. No, Verdugo, Verdugo is playing out of his fucking mind right now. Uh, the guy, even when he is making outs now, they are loud outs. Like he is smoking the ball to the track, to the wall. You've got to make these ridiculous catches just to keep him off the base paths. And then today, first inning, he just drops like this dinky little infield hit and gets on base. It's like, that's baseball. Jo- Joey Weimer was fucking trolling this dude. Trolling this dude yesterday, stealing hits. And what stood out to me more than anything, obviously he set the tone with the homer in game one. Him scoring on that sack fly in the first on Yoshida's, you know, fly ball to right field. No way in hell he scores on that ball last year. No way. He was not fast enough. He was not athletic enough. That's the kind of stuff you see where, you know, Chorus talked about it, us being a good base running team, uh, you know, being able to take advantage of some of those things. That's what you're looking for here. And you can see it in the sprint speed for Verdugo. I'm pulling it up right now, but it's clear across the board. You can look at his defense. You can look at. Really, just play, anything. Play, play today, dude is like hustling his balls off, dives head first across home plate to score a run the first inning, get the Red Sox going in a game that did not look like it was going to be a blowout. Like we were three three late. Then obviously Caleb Ort gets fucked 
I mean, he got absolutely boned in that inning. That was not his fault at all. Uh, 4-3, and then you end up winning 12-5. But that was a close game for a little bit, so it looked like that that hustle play by Verdugo was going to... I mean, that's ultimately forgotten because they had scored 12 runs, but that was what started the day off. Yeah, this year, 60th percentile sprint speed. Last year, he was 38th. Mm. And that's not even talking about his defense being 13th percentile. It's above average this year. It's upper 90s. Mm. I'm telling you that that extension conversation is going to get very, very interesting. I wouldn't I'd pin him for an all star break extension. Oh, you think it's getting done this year? I, I could see it. And, you know, I'll we both had Verdugo breaking out. I think you were the one who was bolder. You said, like, I could see him in the all star game. I was like, I don't know if he'll get to the all star game the way he's playing right now. He will. I wouldn't be surprised if Verdugo can make it there. If they're like, hey, you're coming home with a deal. <laughs> Uh, when you were talking earlier about Tristan Casas, uh, not being aggressive enough and trying to like hunt walks, so to speak, um, Justin Turner has been taking his walks, but in doing so, I mean, he's forcing pitchers to throw him strikes because they know that he's not going to swing at garbage. He's not chasing anything. So they're coming in the zone on. Justin Turner, and he played in all three games. He hit 500 in this series. So quietly, like overall, but it's the at-bats. He sets the tone for the lineup. Like him and Verdugo, how they're working these pitchers and doing these things. It's why they like emphasized him so much and not to slander JD, but it's why JD was never even part of the conversation for them again. Because JD is the opposite of what Justin Turner has been this year. Last year, it was like, dude, he'd put up some pathetic at-bats out there. Like, It's not being mean. It's just what it was. Turner, even when he's not swinging it, you know he's going to go see five, six, seven pitches every time. Yeah. JD was not a big work-a-walk guy. Um, he hit a homer today. Good for him. He did. I'm happy to see what he's doing in LA. Yeah. Turner led the Red Sox in everything in this series. Very quietly. At 38 oh, yeah. doing it at 38 yeah very quietly led the red sox in just about everything this series and we'll get to that in the clark's ketchup series mvp because we have the clark's ketchup series mvp going this week because it is a another series win for the boston red sox so jared what player are you most concerned about um are you banging there's some people saying Cassis is Bobby Dahlbeck. I've seen that on the timeline recently. Mm. Are are you freaking out? Are you panicked? Where are you on him? Uh, I'm just getting like impatient with it. Because I know that I know that it's there. I'm not like, oh, man, like, is this guy a bus? Like, did they miss again? Like, no, I, I know that it's there. I'm just waiting to see it. And I didn't think. I don't even want to say I didn't think it would take this long because it still hasn't been a long time. It's just that we've more or less seen everyone else have like a breakout game at the very least. Like, like Kike has gotten hot. Uh, like Reese McGuire, like has done, has had a big game. Uh, Connor Wong had a, a two run knock today. Uh, Yoshida had a big game today. Uh, Devers Everyone's kind of had a moment. Panic. Yeah. Everyone has had a moment so far. I don't know that Casas has had a moment yet, 
um, besides like the 14 pitch walk where he screamed when he threw his bat. Like that's cool and all, but like I need to see more from him. Uh, I need him to get hot for like two weeks. I need to see him have a breakout 10 game stretch where because it's so early, a red hot 10 game stretch could just normalize his numbers. Like he could be hitting fucking 317 with an 879 OPS uh, it, with a hot 10 games because it's Look so at early. Yoshida. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Today he completely changed his stat line. Yeah. What, what's, what is he up to now? Let me see. I think it's like a 730 OPS, but he was at like low 600s entering the day today. Like Cassis right now, he's at uh, 550. Yeah, because he didn't even have a hit in the series. No, uh, Yoshida's up to 729. So like now you look at it, he's like, oh, yeah, he's kind of gotten off to a slower start, but he hasn't been horrendous. Yeah. Like Cassis has been really rough so far. Yeah, it's been. Bad. I just. I'm not going to freak out. I think he has the right guy in the dugout and Alex Cora who's going to back him and let him work through these things. I just development isn't linear. And if you look around at this roster right now, whether it's Winkowski, Duran, uh, Cutter, like these are all guys that a majority of the fan base were done with entering this year. So they sucked. They aren't good. They failed. Look at them now. Look at the role Winkowski plays. Look at how people feel about Cutter Crawford. Um, Look at Jaron Duran and what he's doing this series. Jaron Duran, like, yeah. what the f- Very good at bats. Why Thank do we you. take so long to mention Jaron Duran in this fucking Respect podcast. him. Respect him, please. Holy shit. Jaron Duran is doing Jaron Duran things. Jaron Duran hit 400 in this series. Jaron Duran had a 455 on base percentage in this series. Fucking guy. Like, this is I I I texted his agent during this oh. game. I was like, hey, just so you know, you got a guy. Like your yeah. client, your client is a fucking guy. I appreciate that. But listen, Jaron Duran, it's not just because I know I, I I don't know who the fuck it was. There's was someone on the timeline that they were arguing. I can't remember, but I think it might have been about Casas. But this guy was swearing by the eyeball test. And all you have to say is eyeball test. To have real baseball fans be like, you don't know shit. Like, Mm -hmm. you, it just doesn't work like that. Like, baseball is such a numbers game. But if you, it's okay to use the eyeball test when you pair it with numbers. And I think you can do that with Jaron Duran. You can't just, I I think what he was trying to say, I don't even remember who, who the fuck they were arguing. I really don't. But someone was adamant about the eyeball test and was like, I don't care about the numbers. I'm using my eyes. You can use the eyeball test with the numbers for Jaron Duran and conclude that he's just different this year. There's something different going on with Jaron Duran. And it's, is it the stance? Is it the confidence? Is it that, you know, it's, yeah, it's, but it's also like maturity. Yeah. He's, he's not, he doesn't feel like the new guy anymore. Maybe. Did you see him after I think it was Yoshida? He's in the dugout pumping yes. the things. I'm yes. like, whoa, that's the Jaron Duran personality they talk about in AAA. That's like in the dugout firecracker. The mm. guy rocking the sombrero at the WBC. He's comfortable here now. Yeah. And you know why? I'm not trying to shade last year's clubhouse. Who are the guys he credit that put an arm around him this spring? Verdugo, Arroyo, Kike. Yeah. Kind of the new leadership group here that's yeah. you know taking it forward i just think we read that thing from homegrown 
there was clear there was a disconnect there with the younger players. Durant seems to be thriving with since these guys put their arm around him. Mm-hmm. And just to give you, you know, you're talking about pairing it, Jared, right? Like the numbers to the eye test, his hard hit percentage right now, 64.3. MLB average is 35.9. You want to keep going? We're talking, uh, what is it? Barrel percentage. He's at 28.6. The MLB average is 6.8. We're talking average exit velocity, 97.4. The MLB regular is 88.4. Tell you. He's... He's smoking everything and he's stealing bags. Like we sat here and we were panicking over Adam Duvall. And I still think that's something that could be, you know, power and everything. Him coming up and doing this has made it so you can get through it. It's not homers, but he's getting hits. You know, it's been a lot of doubles. He's stealing bags. It's something this team didn't have. And before you know it, it's Wong, Duran and Chang. These like athletic guys taking over and, you know, stealing bags and making defensive plays like all right, I can kind of see what they're going for here with more athleticism. They need to do more of that, by the way. Like, I don't know if you've looked at the the attempted versus success uh, for base stealing around the league. Like, you have to be an asshole to get thrown out trying to steal. You don't have to have the instincts you once did. No. Like, and that was his problem. He, he wasn't super, you know, he wasn't going to sit there and just steal bags without, you know, he, he looked at the pitcher and he couldn't kind of piece it together. Now. Here, you got a whole bunch of things going your way to make it easier. I want to look that up. Uh, that's going to be... He looks... 79.5% is the league average. There you go. You, and you have his speed? Good luck. You, 80% of the runners that have attempted a stolen base have been safe this year. 80%. The whole world knew he was going today. The whole world. The Red Sox have a, by the way, a 100% success rate. The Red Sox have not been thrown out yet. There's only two teams in baseball that have not had a runner uh, thrown out, attempted to stealing a base this year. That is the Boston Red Sox and the Kansas City Royals. But you look at some of the success rates of these teams, like the Atlanta Braves, 85%. The Guardians, 84.8%. The Pirates, who fucking stole 90 bases against you, 83.3%. The Mets, 87.5%. Like the Orioles, 89.3%. So, yeah. Like, keep swiping bags. They're just giving them to you out there. Like, who's the worst at it? The Twins. 33.3%. That is terrible. Well, Connor Wong was cooking against them, right? Yeah. Like the Rockies, those are the bottom teams. The Nationals, the Rockies, the Twins. Surprisingly, the Rays, 68%, whatever. But I digress. Jaron Duran, uh, it continues to impress me. And it, it definitely bothered me last year to see him kind of unravel a little bit. Like that incident in Kansas City. And the inside the park grand slam and then the Catillo piece, like all that stuff. I was like, man, because like Jaron's a good dude and he's super talented. And I was like, please don't be one of these fucking guys that is so highly touted as a prospect that 
plays so poorly that the Red Sox give up on you and then you become a star somewhere else. Please don't be that. Figure it out here. Because I knew he was capable. I wanted him to do it here. And I think if if there's a righty, he should be in there. Until he proves otherwise. And right now he's proving that, yeah, I should fucking be in there. Even against a lefty in the first game, like out of the bullpen, doesn't flinch. No. Like goes up there, shoots the ball in a big spot up the middle. Like that's stuff you don't see. And I can't remember if I made this point on here or if I made it on radio or not. But Jared Kelnick, like the guy who is rich man's Jaron Duran. Like that's how I always looked at him. You know, a top five prospect in the game. Duran was you top 30. Poor man's Jared Kelnick on here. I did. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no offense to him. You know, look at Kelnick and look what he's doing right now. <laughs> but that's what Jaron Duran, like if you're a poor man's version of that, whatever, it's not to be disrespectful, but that's what you're capable of. Like being, you know, maybe not to that ceiling, but can you be that super athletic freak? that can steal bags and kind of take over games in that way. Yeah, you can still be that. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. It took years for him. It's pretty similar to Duran in a lot of ways. Now, Duran's older than him. I'm not going to act like he's not, but it's a different, you know, pace for everybody. Similar big league experience time, though. No. Yeah, exactly. It was a cup up, you know, what? 2021 debuts up and down, up and down. Can't piece it together. Finally does it this year. And, you know, he's carrying Seattle. Duran, it doesn't have to be that level, but if you're just a solid everyday player, it's a game changer for 2023 and beyond. Because then you have another chess piece of the Cassis, of the Bayo, of the Whitlock Elk, and be like, all right, that's a guy moving forward for us. That's another thing we don't have to worry about this offseason. Yep. And an element your team doesn't have. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. But for right now, I feel very vindicated. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve a lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Can I read something someone sent me? Please. Hold on. I think I actually just lost it. Don't tell me I choked it. Okay. So this is from Aiden, listener of the pod. Sent me this from the Red Sox Reddit. Mm -hmm. He goes, the Red Sox are currently 0-7 against ocean-related teams. And six and one against non-ocean related teams. This pattern extrapolates. I don't know what that word means. Extrapolates. You don't know the that, fucking word extrapolates? Yeah, dude, that's a hard word. It's a hard word. Okay. The word extrapolates means to expand over. So he's probably going to say like, oh, this winning percentage wow. ex- extrapolated over 162 games would mean that this is what their record would be. Yes, you're very smart. It, yep. it equals out to 117 or wait, 117 and 45. Which which one against non aquatic teams? 
Yes, even no with both. So if they were just to lose to, you know, these oh. dolphin adjacent teams. Yeah, that would be their record. You know, the now, word adjacent, but you don't know extrapolate. Yeah, well, adjacent's a shorter word. OK, Um, I don't know. I think this has something to do with the dolphin people. <laughs> you think you think the dolphin people are uh, enemies of the Red Sox? I think they heard the podcast and there's a chance just that they knew I was aware and Coley, not just me, yeah. that, that we've had our sensors up. Our antennas are kind of buzzing a little bit mm-hmm. and whatever it is, you know, and some people speak to their powers. I can't conform nor deny what's going on with them. But have they made it so the Red Sox can't beat some of these dolphin, you know, dolphin affiliated clubs? Yeah, maybe because like, you know how bats communicate with like sonar? echolocation yeah like do you think that the dolphin people can do that what do dolphins do echolocation oh you know the like you know you know when they do that and it bounces yeah Yeah. i think there's something going on that's weird here i'm not telling you to freak out or anything but keep an eye on it for the dolphin club on subreddit i've seen you talking about it Mm -hmm. please keep your eyes out your uh what do they have the hole what do you call that on on their uh forehead the blowhole the blowhole yeah it's it's something to keep an eye on. Okay. Did you? Uh, how excited were you <laughs> on Friday night when there was just a flurry of spare me tweets going on? It's my favorite thing. I, it happened today too when I went. Uh, I think Jake had tweeted out Caleb Ward getting this fake win, mm-hmm. and I, I put on you know please delete this or something in every single comment <laughs> underneath the spare me. So I'm happy there's a movement going, um, especially when it comes to Caleb Ward because it's deserved. Yeah. It was uh, it was crazy. Spare me. Spare me. I was under the influence of alcohol on Friday night. Um, I was uh, I was in the seaport and dolphin. Yeah. Dolphin ties. <laughs> and uh, there's like an indoor mini golf place there. Top golf. No, it's mini golf. I think it's called putt shack. So I brought I've never used like an air bud pod thing before I've never used one so i had that in my ear at this bar where like obviously the bruins and the celtics are playing so there's no red Sox on the tv so i'm like fucking live i was playing mini golf listening to the red Sox, live tweeting mlb highlights and just like smoking everyone in mini golf wow uh, so i had to i texted will fleming and i was like hey um i was like it's it's date night so you better be super fucking descriptive because I sent him a picture like me with like the earpiece. And I was like, I can't see the game. You better have you better be on your your uh, baseball savant red hot descriptive. <laughs> so uh, but I was there watching all the like the spare me's and it, it made me happy for you, Tyler. It's like I'm you, just a catchphrase. Your, your catchphrase, it, it's gotten over. I appreciate it. And I'm thankful for everyone who posts it. And uh, I think we use it in the right way. You know, you can use powers for wrong mm-hmm. when it's certain things that need to be disregarded or that are sickening to read on the timeline. That's what you need to see. Like, you know, Josh Winkowski, I, I don't know what he ever did to you, but for you to put that kind of tweet out, like, don't fuck this up, Tyler. Well, that who the fuck are you? <laughs> who the fuck are you, Jared Carabas? Who the fuck I, are you? I. I'm just saying, like, that's your guy. If I tweeted that out about Caleb Ort. Oh, that. No, oh. No, 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 I think. No, you're reading this wrong completely. Like, How? Because 
when Josh Winkowski is out there, he it's like you're pitching. Like that's your guy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, I'm just saying. Wouldn't he be like, if oh, I good were, luck. If we were teammates, if we were on the Red Sox and you're going out there to pitch in like a close game, I'd say, yeah, don't fuck this up. No, I want you to slap me on the ass and say, go get him, Tiger. And suck on it. <laughs> Instead, I wouldn't and do I that. Felt, I'm just saying, hey, you know. don't fuck this up. Like, Listen, if if Caleb Wart is out there, I'm out there. People know that. If if he, if Caleb Wart's on the mound, I'm on the mound. And you, if you suck today. Out, then everyone everyone blames me, which is fine. Like I live and die by that. So you, you should you should feel very lucky and fortunate that you're Josh Winkowski in this equation because he's one of the best relievers that we got. It, so I'm way better than you. That's what you're telling me? Yeah. Whoa. Whoever cuts out little parts of this podcast, someone sent me the Garrett Shitlock thing the other day. I want someone to cut out that part of me saying I'm better than you and you saying yeah. I mean we can just do a jump cut of all the times that you've said Garrett Shitlock. Whoa, we don't got to do that. Yeah. But love to Josh Winkowski, who is a dog. Yeah, he's great. And I, 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 I like when you, when, when I'm out there, when yeah. we're out there, me and yeah. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> that means a lot to me. Yeah, that's why I said. Don't fuck this up. We didn't. And I admit it. I was, I was drunk when I tweeted that. On a date night. I was very, yeah, I was very like fired up for you. It was almost like, all right. Like we're in a position to win a fucking game against a first place team. They're what? 14 and five, whatever they were. And Tyler's out there. Like, don't fuck this up. Like, let's go. Let's go get him, champ. And then slap you on the ass. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted. Yeah. Do you like that Winkowski scream that when he got out of there? Yeah, that twice. Fire me the fuck up, dude. I think he said on the broadcast that he did it twice, but the broadcast only showed it once. Yeah, so I didn't see the first one. He was like, yeah, the second one was a little bit much, but. No, please give me that. I want to see maniac Josh Winkowski. Me too. Yeah, I, he is so much more likable now. Like you have to remember, Josh Winkowski came up as the dude that was a starter that moped around like Eeyore, that got his tits lit, and then shit on the the fan bases and the ballparks that he pitched in that weren't Fenway. That was Josh Winkowski. Like it was almost like if this were WWE, he came out with like a gimmick that was fucking terrible, like like a cornball. He was Husky Harris. You're not going to get this, but some wrestling fans that listen to this are going to get this. He was Husky Harris, and everyone was like, what is this? It's just like a fat slob. Like, I don't get it. Like, this is boring. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. And then he went away for a little while, and then he came back as Bray Wyatt. Like, yeah, it, he's Bray Wyatt now. It's great. I love Bray Wyatt. Husky Harris, who fucking cares? Like, that was terrible. That was a terrible gimmick. And then he came back as one of the coolest characters of all time. That's Josh Winkowski. Josh Winkowski, his gimmick was fucking terrible. And I was like, this guy is, they're going to release his ass. And then he comes back and he's fucking, he's Bray Wyatt. And, and he but, owns it. I, I He's owned it early in the year. He's like, yeah, I did some things last year that I definitely had to kind of fix. And hey, like me, I think I was pouting a lot at one point. I don't pout as much these days. Yeah, you don't. I'm not perfect. I have my moments. You're not perfect. Okay. Didn't have to. Didn't have to put the the period at the end of that. You're not. You're uh, not. I, I try, but yeah. Josh Winkowski now doesn't pout as much. Like yeah. he, he is where he needs all. to be. He does he's, not pout at all. He plays the Garrett Whitlock role. He's he's better than Garrett Whitlock. Well, well no, I mean from before, okay. like past years. Exactly. Like he's That's the true. guy you need two or three innings from. Go out there and make it yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. He's what Garrett Whitlock wishes that he was. 
No, Garrett Whitlock wishes to be a very good starter. Yeah, keep pushing. But um, uh, can like, I make one point on that? Sure. Okay. Not to kill Dave Bush or Jason Veritek. I'm not sure exactly who this goes to, but the game planning for Garrett Whitlock uh, yesterday wasn't happy with it. And I'm what, not telling you the change ups up. Yeah, it's just not going to work. Like the changeup hasn't been working for him all year. I still think I don't know if it's a feel thing. I don't know if it's he's struggling with the velocity, like the fat, the you know, he's throwing not as hard as he did out of the bullpen. It's more 93, 94. Does he feel like the changeup isn't playing for him? I don't know if he needs to hang out with Matt Andrees again and they need to figure out what they figured out in 2021. But we fell in love with Whitlock last start because of the slider. He threw it 31 percent of the time against the Angels. It was 17 percent against the Brewers. That two-run bomb he gave up to Rowdy Telez, who absolutely owns the Red Sox, mm-hmm. was a change-up. And he's not missing bats enough. He's 19th percentile K percentage. I think he was, had a 68% whiff percentage with that slider against the Angels. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the plan is. I know there's been issues with Bay, or you know, in Bayo's first start where he, you know, he wasn't using all his pitches and it was a weird approach coming into that game. I know that with the adjustments to certain pitchers when guys were stealing on them, that took some time. People were upset with how long it took for sale to make adjustments. I just add this to the list. I don't understand the plan in the first inning sometimes for these starter starting pitchers or overall outings. Whitlock needs that slider right now. I don't understand why they didn't go to it more. I've been saying that since before he even threw a pitch this year. In terms of like he needs to throw the slider more. Yep. Yeah, it worked. I just, why go away from it? For what? Like the guy's not missing bats. Why are you going to keep hammering down with the changeup over and over again? That makes sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me. Ooh. All right. Any final thoughts on the series before we hand out some ketchup? I don't think so. Besides props to Alex Cora for pushing all the right buttons in game one with the ref Snyder pinch it and everything. Very good game for him. I think his best as a manager so far this year. Ketchup Series MVP brought to you by Clark's Ketchup. Drizzle that ketchup. It's going to be an interesting conversation because I know that recency bias is going to say, how do you not give it to Masataki Yoshida? And that's a great question. It's a great place to start. It's a great conversation to have. But then you just look at the numbers, Tyler. Justin Turner played in all three games and hit 500 in the series. That leads the Red Sox. His on-base percentage was 615. That led the Red Sox. His slugging percentage, 900, which was second to Masataka Yoshida, who had a 1,000 slugging percentage. Uh, Then he had a 1515 OPS, 
which led the Red Sox. Uh, Also worth noting, the only player of the eight players who played in all three games in this series did not strike out once. Zero strikeouts. Yep. And he also, in addition to having the highest batting average and the highest OPS, he had the highest walk rate, 23.1%. The next closest was Jaron Duran, 9.1%. And his home run tied it in the eighth when it looked, I mean, you look at the box score, you say, wow, the Red Sox really fucking kicked their ass. They blew him out of the water. They needed a game-tying home run from Justin Turner in the eighth inning before they scored the next eight runs or whatever it was. Um, so, I don't know. I guess This is tough. That Yoshida had a big game, but he had Justin a big game Turner one. had a big series. Yoshida had put them up 5-3, right, in the first game with most, that double? Most hits in the series, Justin Turner and Masataki Yoshida both had five. Three singles for Turner, two for Yoshida, one double for Turner, one double for Yoshida, one home run for Turner, two for Yoshida, four runs scored for Turner, two for Yoshida. Here's a big kicker. Two RBI for Turner, seven for Yoshida. Three walks for Turner, none for Yoshida. Zero strikeouts for Turner, four for Yoshida. Uh, th- two extra base hits, three. Um, nine total bases to 12 in favor of Yoshida. That's tough. That's this is tough. really hard. This is really tough. I, I think it's the argument. It's a little bit of the table setter versus the run producer. What what means more? And I look at Yoshida, right? Now, obviously, that eighth inning happened. We have to address it. It, it was the game-winning. He had the game-winning hit, and then he broke it open. In the other game, he got you to 5-3, but he didn't have the game-winning or, you know, the go-ahead run. That was Jaron Duran. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like this conversation. It's hard. Okay, well... Are you leaning one way? I'm going to call Coley right now. Okay. And and I. (laughs) All right, let's see. He he told me who he was going to vote for earlier, but I don't know if he's sticking to it. Yoshida. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear the numbers? You hit a fucking grand slam and a home run in the same inning. You are hitting every game. That's true. That's history. I in the first game. Uh, it's him. Justin Turner hit. Guy. Justin Turner hit 500 in this series. Yoshida hit 417. Turner had a 615 on base to Yoshida's 385. Turner had a 1515 OPS to Yoshida's 1385. Yoshida. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right. That's one vote. Yoshida. Um, Jake? It's got to be Yoshida. Two for Yoshida. 
I'm going to ask Alex Cora to vote. Oh, my God. People love that. That, that was a hit. I'm going to go. Do you want me to pick? Yeah. I try to talk myself into Turner, but I can't. I got to go Masataki Yoshida. So that's when, that's three votes anyway. Oh, God, you're right. Yeah. Where are you? Can you sway me? I just did. I, I'm I'm voting for Turner because he, like he his number like I understand Yoshida had a monster inning, but Turner had a monster series. It's the Clark's Ketchup Series MVP, the, not the, the thing, inning MVP. The things that happen in Game Two really don't count towards this. To be honest, they lost. Doesn't matter. Some would argue that if Turner hit the ball a little bit farther, they would have tied the game in the eighth inning. That's of game right. Two. That's right. That was also like the wooded dong. It was like a home run in like fucking 25 ballparks. Got to know where you oh, are. Well, he wasn't playing in those ballparks. Alex Cora voted for Justin Turner. No way. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So is this on me? Um, or I don't yeah, know. Now, now I, I'm conflicted. I voted for Turner. Jake, Jake and Coley are Yoshida. Me and Alex Cora are Justin Turner. Cora actually picked Turner. I don't see what, again, game two, any of those numbers, I don't really think count. So give me the OPS and the, all that with just games one and three. I said the MVP vote is coming down to JT versus Massa. It's really close. And he said JT. Wow. <laughs> like you did say, I mean, the, OP, the like, OPS for Turner's higher. From now on, like Alex Cora is voting for the Clark SketchUp <laughs> Series MVP every episode. It's like absolutely he, absurd. Yeah, he gets back like that. <laughs> it, uh, had Yoshida had the game-winning hit today, Turner had the game-tying hit. If we're going to be honest, though, who's setting the tone for the lineup right now and how they're going about things? Verdugo. Him and Justin Turner. Yeah. I think it's both of them. Yeah. I think Turner is the roots of that philosophy. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go Masataka Yoshida. Wow. He, made, he made history. He made history. I'm sorry. I got to give it to Yoshida. Wow. Dude, first person since David Ortiz to do it. I'm giving it to him. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm not apologetic, actually. I take it back. Wow. Masataka Yoshida. Wow. I'm owning where I started. So, sorry, AC. Damn. Okay. You seem upset. No, I mean, you know. He, yeah, he he I'm not saying he didn't have a Clark's Ketchup Series MVP worthy series. It's kind of like when Rick Porcello won the Cy Young. It's Don't like even. he had a he had a Cy Young worthy season, but was he the best pitcher? No. Like Masataki Yoshida had a had a Clark's Ketchup Series MVP worthy series, but was he the best player? No. Can Justin, I tell you 10 10 years from now? Yeah. When I when I've had a kid and oh, we're, God. you know, we're birthing the kid, like the kids here, you're visiting Uncle Jared. When we talk about this day, what are we going to talk about when we talk about this series? When you're like, oh, Tyler, you remember that Brewers series when we recorded that podcast in 2023? We're going to talk about Masataka Yoshida as the coming out party for Masataka Yoshida. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree that like in in August, when we look back at. uh you know, like memorable series or moments from the season. Like we're not going to remember Justin Turner's game tying home run. Like we will remember that 
that Masataka Yoshida hit two home runs in the same inning and one of them was a grand slam. Like that was the memorable moment. But the integrity of the award is the series MVP. Now let me throw something else out. Uh huh. Brian Anderson or Brian Anderson homered in the eighth inning. Uh huh. Doesn't that devalue Turner's homer? No. Because that doesn't fit my narrative at all. Okay, I'm just saying this may you not fit your narrative. Dodged, you've dodged the whole game two question. I've posed three times as well. What's the question you asked? What What are their numbers if you remove game two? They lost that game. That shouldn't count towards oh, MVP. I can't do that. I can't calculate that. Feel like it would change uh, change things. I mean, you still gotta you still gotta play the whole series for sure. And if they had won all three, I think it's a different guy. I'm just excited that Alex Cora is now a voter. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fast, too. Yeah. Doesn't well, even I mean, they're to think probably like on the plane right now. Like they got nothing else to do. No well, offense to Matt Bonds. Were, it took forever. If he were the manager of uh, the Yankees, he would never get these texts because he's on the team flight. <laughs> what do you mean by that? The Wi Fi. I don't have Wi Fi. Is that a thing I missed? That was like one of the biggest baseball stories of the year. What year? Did they that? have to pay for it, Coley? 2023. Yeah, the Yankees. Have, it was like the Yankees and the Reds were the only teams that don't give Wi-Fi on their flights. I didn't see so that. It cost like 40 grand. <laughs> I did not see that. That's crazy. Poverty franchises. Yeah, that's big time poverty. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, Coley. Do you still have COVID? Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> There's one of those things I don't think you like really ever get rid of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe you're just kind of stuck with that for life now. Yeah, that's how it feels. Yeah. Well, I hope you at least have the appearance of feeling better. I'm trying, though. Yeah. It helps. They've won, what, a five of seven series? Yeah. The only and then two- they just get their fucking dicks punched in the other two? Yeah. Well, they've lost... They've gotten swept by the two best records in baseball. That's it. They're 12 and four against everyone else. That's true. People, people forget the pirates are unbelievable. Yeah. The pirates, the pirate is the pirates year. <laughs> the Red Sox have literally put the pirates in the first place single-handedly by getting swept by them and then uh, beating the brewers two out of three. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The pirates, the pirates are no joke right now. People want to talk about the Pirates like they're just like a, a doormat team, and they're not. Pittsburgh Pirates entering play on Monday. Uh, they will be in alone in first place, 16 and 7. They're playing 700 ball. That's just a good team. Shut up, Ben Charrington. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to one day have a Ben Charrington reunion. He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves to win a championship somewhere else to shove it up our asses. Not mine, because I was a Ben Charrington guy. I literally custom made, and you're not going to get, no one's going to get this. Um, Back in 2013, I want to say, CM Punk wore a t-shirt that says, I'm a Paul Heyman guy on it. And there was a wrestling website that was custom making like a, I'm a insert name guy t-shirt. So I custom made an I'm a Ben Charrington guy t-shirt and I bought it. I've always been a Ben Charrington guy. I hope he wins 10 World Series in Pittsburgh. 
Oh, 10. Yeah, 10's a little <laughs> strong. Probably like two. If he gets two, that'd be cool. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Someone will say that the first one's a fluke, so he's got to win like the prove it number two. And then then he'll be he'll be a made man forever. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna look ahead, Coley. Do you want to stick around or do you want to leave? Uh, oh, God fucking damn it. Uh what we got? The Orioles? The Orioles. They stink. So you go on sweep? Uh, have we swept anyone? Yeah. The Tigers. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't count. Yeah. Um, no, two out of three. That's just kind of what we do. Two out of three? All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you for your prediction. You're free to go. Of course. Bye, Coley. Yeah. You have a great show, fellas. Bye, Coley. Um, okay. The Stop and Chop Look Ahead brought to you by Stop and Chop. Head on down to Stop and Chop. Use the promo code Section 10 and get 10 cents off each one of your tangerines when you buy up to five pounds of tangerines only at Stop and Shop. Some weird start times in this series. 635 for the first two games and then a 105 start on Wednesday before the off day on Thursday. The Red Sox <clears throat> are 2-1 and one against the Orioles this year. The 13-7 and seven Orioles, I might add. They're two and one against them with a plus four run differential. In this series, you'll be getting Chris Sale versus Dean, the cream machine, Kramer. And then you'll be getting shit ass Corey Kluber versus Kyle Bradish. And then Tanner Houck in the series finale versus Tyler Wells. Tyler Wells. Um, Dean, the cream machine, Kramer is one and oh. With a 6.16 ERA and a 137 whip with a 6.6 strikeouts per nine. He fucking sucks. Uh, Three innings, six hits, five earned runs against the Red Sox. Two homers. He has already seen them once this year. In his three games since then, a four and a half ERA, but a 574 FIP. uh, A 657 season FIP. He sucks. Uh, On batters, second time through the order. The second time, not the third, when everyone is talking about Tanner Hogg, it's like, oh, he can't pitch the third time through. This motherfucker, the second time through the order, 313, 333, 719 slugs. So that's a 1052 OPS the second time through the order. Four of the five home runs that he's allowed this year have been on the second trip through the lineup. His cutter fucking sucks. It has a 827 expected slug. Uh, four of the five home runs he's allowed have come off his cutter. He's allowed four earned runs or more in three of his four starts. The Orioles, the Orioles are two and two in his starts. Red Sox hitters, 329 with a 382 on base, a 1025 OPS, eight doubles, a triple, four homers. Uh, Alex Verdugo, two doubles, two homers. Devers, a double and a homer. Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish. He's only had two starts this year. 1-0 has not allowed a run yet. A 104 whip and a 9.4 strikeouts per nine. Seven and two-thirds, six hits, zero earned runs, couple walks, eight strikeouts in his two starts. <coughs> he was a rookie last year. 22 starts. He had an ERA of about five. He was four and seven with a 490, 140 whip, 8.5 strikeouts per nine. Somehow, this motherfucker made five starts against the Red Sox last season. So six of his 25 career starts uh, after this one will be against the Red Sox. Five starts against the Red Sox. 0-3 with a 7.54 ERA, Tyler. A one and a half mm. whip. 
6.4 strikeouts per nine, 22 and two thirds innings, 26 hits, 20 runs, 19 of them earned, four homers, eight walks, uh, four hit batters, and two wild pitches. The Orioles were one in five in those games. He's yet to allow an extra base hit this year. That's interesting. Red Sox hitters, 273 with a 324 on base, 778 uh, OPS. Uh, Devers, six for 13, one double, two strikeouts. Kike, Arroyo, and Casas have home runs. And then finally, Tyler Wells, 0 and 1 with a 270 ERA, 069 whip, and a, two point, and a 6.2 strikeouts per nine. Uh, when he doesn't allow a home run, he's a Cy Young candidate. When he does, he's Corey Kluber. In two games with no home runs allowed, 12 innings, three hits, zero earned runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. In the two games that he's allowed a home run, 11 in a third innings, 11 hits, seven earned runs, one walk, nine strikeouts, three bombs. So it's very simple. If you hit a home run off of him, you're going to absolutely fucking crush this dude. He's six foot eight, but he can only throw 93. That's pretty lame. His stuff has been nasty this year. You'll appreciate this. 92nd percentile for uh, weighted on base average this year, 211. He's only allowed four extra base hits. Three of them are home runs. Uh, his 069 whip, that actually leads Major League Baseball. So he's very good at limiting traffic. Uh, he pitched once against the Red Sox last year, and he dominated six innings, two hits, zero earned runs, but only three strikeouts. Uh, Red Sox hitters are seven for 31. Kike, one for five with a homer. And Yu Chang, two for three. Both of those hits are doubles. So. Okay, prediction time. Uh, I'm going to ask Jake first. Because this is a series that I could see going either way. Where do you go, Jake? This one's got sweep written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could I could see that. I could see that. Um, you know what? Oh my god, I'm sensing something negative here. You're sweating the O's a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Me too. I'm not alone. Especially when you say Chris Sale and Corey Kluber, two guys that Corey Kluber's got smashed around by the Orioles multiple times. The Orioles have been hitting Chris Sale since spring training. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't the know, cream I, machine sucks though, so that's kind of a wash. He looked really good his last outing, if I recall. He's coming off a big start, right? Probably due for some regression. Mm-hmm. But Yoshida just got going. Mm-hmm. I bet he'll like hitting at Camden. Casas probably like hitting at Camden. But RIP to the right-handed bats. Justin Turner, I don't think it's possible for him to hit a homer here. You said you don't think that you're going to be alone, Tyler? In terms of what? In terms of being negative? I don't know if I was going to be that negative, but mm-hmm. I, I thought I'm. you're thinking negative thoughts with me. Mm-hmm. You're going to drop a one out of three. There's only one person on this podcast that's not going to be alone. And it's Jake because I'm going Red Sox sweep in this fucking series. They're not going to take one. They're not going to take two. They're going to take all fucking three games, Tyler. This team sucks.
The Red Sox are heating up. They just put a 12 spot on a first place Milwaukee Brewers team. That's a sweep. I'm not bold enough. I don't have the balls to be where you guys are, but I'm going to go two out of three. I think the offense keeps swinging. I think we're going to get a clunker out of Kluber and Sale in this one. Um, but I think the you bats keep it going. You think Chris Sale is going to build on his last start? I hope he does, but could I see a slight step back? I would not be shocked. I, I just think the Orioles see him very well. So you think they're cheating? Sure. Okay. That would make me feel better inside. I still think Chris Sale is going to be good, but I'm going to take two out of three. Okay. I, I'll lean. I think Sale will pitch better than Kluber. I'm very worried about Kluber against those because he got last year. He had issues against them as well. Give me two out of three as the guy who's leading in pick percentage so far this year. Just saying. You're doing all right. Thank you. I didn't ask for credit for for nailing the pick on this last series, but neither did I. Your first one. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> Thanks for fucking showing up. Oh, damn time. How many series? How many series are we up to now? Uh, like five or six. More than that. You think so? What is this? What, what's the series? We nine series, Jake? Seven. What is it? No, that, that's a very poor. There's no way that makes no sense. I'm not a good man. I'm not good at math. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever your pick percentage is, you're not making the Hall of Fame. Okay. Be better. You be better. You're about to be wrong in this one. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I want the sweep. Well, it's coming. Come right inside me. <laughs> Let's go, Red Sox. Let's, Let's go, go, Red Sox. Sox. Let's, Let's go, go, Red Sox. Go, Red Sox. See you on Wednesday. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Before we get out of here, baseball season's in full swing and there are games all day, every day. And when I'm watching all these games and recording all these podcasts every week, it can be tough to get a handle on it all. But thanks to Xfinity 10G Network, I can stay on top of everything. With Xfinity 10G, you can power an entire house full of devices with ultra low lag. So you and everyone you know can stream every single game at the same time and never miss a pitch. And if you're on the go, Xfinity has your back with millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. Introducing the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash 10G. Now you can get cummed in or whatever you said. Thank you. All right. Bye. Buenas noches, amigos. 